Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal Well, hell yeah. How you guys doing? Oh, what the fuck is going on, motherfuckers? Hey, Tuesday, Chris. Always we know Tuesday. what's up. Not always Tuesday, but Burner, it's Tuesday. That's true. It totally fucks us up when it's not a Tuesday, but it is Tuesday. We're doing new Murder Mental Mayhem, and we're in Horns High Studios for the Horns High Podcast Network, doing episode 165. Shit, yeah. I got Chris and Joey in here, and a little special guest. Not mic'd up, but just hanging out just here chilling. with us, Justin Morris. So, yeah, hell yeah. How's everybody doing? Doing fucking good, good, dude. Doing hell good? Yeah. Doing good? Another fucking day in life. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little chilly here. So we got horn size heaters, been running for a few hours now, trying to keep it warm. Uh, what about t-shirts, Chris? What do you got going uh, on over there? I got my Gormonger fucking uh, Ted Bundy Pulling her teeth or pulling her teeth, pulling her hair from my teeth shirt on. Yeah. So fucking repping Joey over here. Got the Gormonger shit. Nice. And then what about you? And Joey? I got the Gormonger beanie on too. Oh, that's so. right. That's Boom. right. Flexing. You got your Britney Fox. <laughs> I got over there? the the Holy Cross shirt on, and I got the Afro beanie on. So I'm Canada all the way since we're oh, doing yeah, a Canadian yeah, killer. Hell yeah! And speaking of Canada. I got my Votov shirt on. Yo, really Votov. digging those guys, and they're going to be the feature tonight. We're going to talk about them in the metal Dude, segment. Michael walked up to me at work today. He looks at me. He's like, "Nice shirt." I look at him. I was like, "Nice shirt." Fucking, he had Gormonger with the same logo on it, but yeah. it was a pile of fucking skulls. Yeah. I was like, "Hell nice. yeah, dude!" <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you guys always seem to, you know, get the shirts. Dude, I guarantee we got to check sometimes. Like, bro, like, what are you wearing today? Because I don't want to have the same fuck. Because we got a bunch of the same fucking shirts. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, last week, guys, we did our episode on the nasty son of a bitches, Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris, Joey, some toolbox killers. Yeah, I thought that one went well. Yeah, listeners dug the shit out of that one. And those Um, guys were fucking... Fuck, dude. Yeah, like, I mean, talk let's get about together just and talk about together. Sadistic. Like we said before, how do you break the ice on something like that with right, somebody? What right. the fuck, dude? Exactly. So, a horrific spree of rape, torture, murder of five teenage girls in Southern California in 1979. Just nightmarish shit. Uh, we went into all the details. Uh, definitely not for the faint at heart, but our fans love that stuff. Uh, Joey, you had the horns. Talking to Macabre last week. Hell yeah. yeah murder that metal. Cool. Did so you I, see they loved it? When yeah. They, yeah, I thought that was cool. And Justin's out here and he guessed our little contest. That's about right. Who That's why he's do. here picking yep. up his winnings. So, Hell yeah. Shit. Yeah, dude. Um, so, yeah, that was cool, Joey. Another Illinois band. Which and last we, week I said, you know, I didn't have the new Gormonger, so I couldn't give it to him, but they showed up this week, so I brought them. Yeah, it worked out really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, we did a killer cage match, some mayhem. Punky stopped by to talk to yes, us. Yes, he did. He was in the house for a minute. <laughs> Punky in the house. Yeah, and I had no idea, too. He just busted that out. That was good. That was good. Uh, a little karaoke and more. So if you missed episode 164, go check that out. 
We were passing a hundred or a thousand listens uh, today when I checked that. So that's a couple hundred more than what these have typically been about this time of uh, of the week. So thank Keep you. Keep it rising. Yeah, thank you. And if you missed it, go check it out. Now tonight we have got another sick one, but I'm telling you, I bet a lot of these people are not going to know who Clifford Olson is. The beast of British Columbia. This is one nasty son of a bitch. Raped and murdered 11 young boys and girls ages 9 to 18 over a short two-year period from 80 to 81 in Vancouver. He's putting in work hard, dude. Yeah. I mean, he was... Nonstop. Nonstop. Um, That one statistic that said he raped a child every day he was out of prison... From 1980 until they caught him in 81. Yeah. Raped a child every day. That's what his wife claimed uh, because he was bringing him home. It's fucked up. Uh, He's in and out of prisons. A good example of how pedophiles simply cannot be cured and just need to be taken out back and shot in the fucking head. Right in the fucking forebean. Just fucking heinous stuff. And I bet, like I said, a lot of our listeners are going to have no idea... And we're going to have our buddy Shane, our listener, Fuck Shane yeah, Borchuk from Winnipeg. He did Chris, Vince he was Lee on. with this, hell yeah. Yeah, Vince Lee, he was down with that. It's nice to have Canadian insiders yeah. and shit. And so it was cool that he wanted to come back. So I'm like, all right. So I'm Googling Canadian serial killers, and Clifford Olson was on the list, and I watched some stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is the one. Right? This is the one. It's so, sad when something so brutal makes you fucking think, yeah, that one. That's, exactly. Like, yeah. What the fuck am I thinking right now, dude? <laughs> but sick and twisted is what our listeners want to hear. So this is definitely one of those. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be fun. We'll have Shane on in the murder segment to talk about that. Now, I got the horns tonight in the metal segment, and I decided to do, we're going all Canadian tonight, going with the Winnipeg death metal beasts, Votov. I love those guys. Really stoked to do that one. They're pretty fucking sick. They are really good. Uh, Three-piece, old-school death metal. We're going to give you a taste of that 41-minute interview I did with the bass player, John Duke. I got about eight minutes of that for you guys. And we're going to be doing all the Canadian bands. So fucking brace for that shit. It's going to be good. And Joey, you got a lost classic for us. So I'm anxious to hear what that is. I got a couple other little tidbits to throw out there in the metal section. Some metal shit. Hell yeah. yeah. Killer cage match tonight, guys. Uh, that's when we have our listeners provide some random numbers so we can decide who's going to fight to death in the steel cage. Chris, who do we got to thank tonight? We got Tom Ousley. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Thomas Ousley. Right. Yeah. We got the fucking champion rebecca boomsock getting it in there dude and fred yancey so yeah thank you all for fucking throwing down dude oh yeah and joey what do we got an interesting one here tonight man i mean i I should be pulling out my fucking acoustic guitar for danny rollins hell yeah (laughs) the florida serial killer he's gonna be fighting fucking andre chikatilo the fucking russian pedophile monster right the rust off ripper yeah brutal as hell Man. <laughs> That's going to be a good one. Uh, be an interesting fight. And they got a couple of objects and, of course, a variable to make it interesting. And we will do that in the Mayhem segment. So that should be good. 
Uh, thank you to everybody out there listening. Uh, we keep seeing the numbers creeping up back to that 3,000 mark. We're at 2,900 when I looked, uh, when I got the report last night from Buzzsprout. So that's cool. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we had a little slump, but I think there's just a lot going on and COVID's really upset things and people are not traveling like they normally would. And that's when people listen to podcasts and so I think that all plays into this whole thing. So it is what it is. Yeah. Thank you all still listening. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Chris, Joey, we got a lot on our plate. We're going to be taking a little trip north. So Chris, you better bundle up. It's already cold here, dude. I know so it's that. fucking cold as God hell. Damn. When I when I interviewed John from or uh, yeah John from Votov, I asked him how many feet of snow they had up there. So it's going to get a little chilly. We're going to <laughs> Vancouver, British Columbia. To see if we can get our hands on a piece of shit who likes to rape and kill children. Fuck him. We're going to get Shane on the messenger to talk about it. So, so Chris, yeah, let's, uh, let's get our murder on. God damn, corrosive. Fucking rips. Love those guys. The song Burning Earth 2029. Those guys are sick. They're from Toronto. Some good thrash metal. I heard about them from speaking to old John Duke over there from Votov. He, uh, the question we ask him every time, Chris, what are you listening to? He threw out some names. I heard corrosive. Check them out. I really dig them. Uh, so since this is all Canadian bands tonight, I picked them. And that's Corrosive with a K if you're going to check those guys out. I definitely suggest it. Uh, and I'm going to be doing an interview with them on uh, Saturday. So Shit, yeah, not dude. sure who in the band. It's multiple people from the band. I just don't know which ones yet. So Fucking right. That's all right. Nice. And Shane, we got you on. We brought you back. It's a Canadian case. You're a listener from Winnipeg, and uh, you were on here with us when we did that Vince, Vince Lee, Lee like, yeah, sick-ass shit, and on you're that back shit. for more. How's it going up there, man? Well, I can tell you it's been pretty fucking cold. Yeah, <laughs> right? I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. How many feet of snow yeah. do you guys got up there? Well, you know, we're, we're just out of a cold snap, actually, so today it's not too bad, and I, I converted everything here to, to Fahrenheit for you. So today it's a, it's just a beautiful 23 but okay. last week, yeah, that's not bad. Like last week, we were down to minus thirty-six Ooh. Fahrenheit. Oh my god, damn. yeah, Fahrenheit. Yeah, Fuck all that. Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking awful, man. Yeah, that's that the wind chill. So that's yeah, that's pretty yeah. brutal. Th- so thanks for got about two and a half feet of snow. <laughs> oh, two Jesus and a half Christ, feet. Man. Holy shit! Yeah, I feel yeah. like a pussy. I feel for here. you, man. <laughs> That's yeah, for so sure. So it's been, been pretty miserable, and you know, you, you definitely need to dress warm. You know, wear your toque, plug in your block heater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure. Gotta That's stay awesome. warm. Yeah, I try to stay inside. Now, Shane, just for the record, because this did not come up last week or last time we had you on, and it did come up in the Votov interview, are you a fan of the Trailer Park Boys? 
Oh, fuck yeah. I love the trailer park fuck boys. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Love yeah, that yeah. Shit. Ricky, he's my favorite. <laughs> I just love the Rickyisms and all the, the oh, back ass yeah. things. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. I love it, dude. Fuck yeah. I yeah. Love John from Votov's like, eh, not really. You know, it's okay. You know, I could tell he didn't yep. like it. So. <laughs> no, that shit's awesome. Oh, they got a pretty good podcast, too. You know, oh, I, li- I listen to it a lot. Pretty dude. crazy. Yeah, I listen to it a lot, too. I haven't heard it yet, but. I love him. I love J Rock. He's my favorite. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. I love that. And when they do that, did that episode where they go back in time and they were listening to a record and the power went out, so it went and he's like, like that yeah, moment yeah. when he became J Rock and realized you could do that with records, you know? So I thought that was fucking great. But the microphone yeah. assassin is probably my all-time favorite. Fuck uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, that they, the Bible they are pimp. a Canadian icon, that's for sure. That's awesome. Well, I had to, I had to bring it up, Shane. All right, now we are going to be doing our feature on a sickening pedophile tonight. After the toolbox killers last week, I felt like I had to take a shower. We are going to be getting in the sewer with another sick, disgusting son of a bitch. Yeah, we're relentless. We are. Yeah, we have not let up here. Clifford Olson, the beast of British Columbia, is known to have raped and murdered 11 boys and girls between the ages of 9 and 18. Absolutely sick. sick. Also known as... Yeah. The Renicar killer. Yeah, how <laughs> yeah, lame is that, cheesy, Joey? You know? that, that's like <laughs> Screen Door Intruder with Ramirez. Yeah. You know? yeah, I had to throw that in there, the Rent-A-Car killer. I thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> um, he's considered Canada's first serial killer and controversial cash for bodies deal. Man, Got a lot fucked. of people fucking pissed off. I don't blame him. It's... Probably, if I got to rank this in most interesting things I learned the most when researching it, this is number one. I mean, I learned so much crazy shit from this guy. This is a very interesting story. Escapes and all the crazy stuff that went on with this case. It's going to be a good one. Now, Chris, I bet a lot of our listeners are going to have no idea about Cliff. I didn't. Like, I'm sure a lot of people don't. I don't. Right. I had no idea until you guys brought it up. I'm like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, I was the same, you know. Now, Shane, what kind of media attention did this get up there? Yeah, it, uh, you know, it was really Canada's uh, first famous serial killer. So, you know, got quite a bit of media coverage and attention. You know, you see a lot of controversy about the way the RCMP handled it. And right. RCMP, that's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Right. They look um, really bad in this one. Oh, they look terrible, yeah. Even police, worse than the police Vince chief Lee. was condemned. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and they wanted the the attorney general they were demanding resignations and people wow. quit and Yeah. Yeah. And and there was a bit of a cover up too of evidence. They they figured the police should have shared it, uh that could have potentially prevented many of the deaths. And, wow. You know, I, I yeah, I think this just really kind of opened up the eyes to to people. You know, this is kind of kind of the end of end of the innocence and opened yeah. up everybody's eyes that their their monsters really do lurk up there. Yeah, that's right. interesting. Now, give our listeners, Shane, just geographically, where is Vancouver, British Columbia, in your country? Yeah, British Columbia is total west coast, total west side of the the continent, and Vancouver is a coastal city and. Yeah, you might have seen throughout the case they refer to uh, the Vancouver Lower Mainland. 
Right. So the the lower yeah, the lower mainland is Metro Vancouver and the large chunk of land beside that called the Fraser Valley. And uh, since it's a pretty large area, you know that that was yeah, just dumping that Fraser stuff. River. That Fraser River is yeah, where a lot of that. That's went. correct. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And it's a pretty populated area. About three million people there. And uh, okay. If you know towards the states, it uh, shares a border with Washington. Right. Okay. Right. So that's right. Washington. Very, very I interesting. Well, I, just, I bet, I bet no weed has ever crossed that border. No weed. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Maybe oh, some, when I was young, you know, I always wanted the BC bud, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Joey, what is it about the Canadian serial killers not getting the same notoriety as their U.S. counterparts? Well, I think it's changed a little. I think. Uh, be, with the advent of the internet and everything now anything that comes out people can find out about it right. but for the most part especially like when this came out i think there were two huge factors one was the press i mean the press is always going to be huge in the u.s at that time they were eating up everything they could about serial killers and things like that right and in in canada you know the press wasn't pushing it it was big up there but they weren't leaking it like that right and it, Canada was considered a much safer place back then. Sure. So that's the, I think that's the look that they wanted to keep. So that's a lot of reason why the press wasn't that's a good point, pushed yeah. out as far where the U.S. It didn't matter. Like, yeah, we were already in a hellhole. Yeah, down here. for sure. Yeah. And like Shane said, you know, the end of the innocence. Yeah. Know, that's a good way of putting it. You know, you, so. you always heard like, oh, uh, Canadians don't have to lock their doors and that's why they don't need as many guns and things like that. Right. Because it's a safer place. But then, you know, in more more recent times you start watching true crime podcasts and you yeah. hear you hear Ken stories Barbie, out of canada all the time yeah. fucking Picton. i yeah. mean some brutal shit going on up there in the frozen tundra so. i mean i think clifford olson the whole reason i heard about him was because i was uh looking into alan legere who's another sicko from up there right but then got fucking linked over to the clifford olson shit you know right but it's like yeah i mean this happened a long time ago but yeah. it wasn't that known so no no, not at all. So Clifford, yeah, I think Picton's pretty much pretty pretty well known. I think that's oh, yeah. what most people think of. Oh now. yeah, oh, Vancouver sure. for sure. Picton, yeah, yeah. Hoboken like, and Bernardo will always be who I think of first. But oh yeah, yeah, the very sensational yeah. with the sex and angle, of course. Uh, Clifford Olson Jr., born in Vancouver, British Columbia, which is of course as we said in Canada in 1940. He was a New Year's baby and the first child in the family. Yeah. Uh, his dad was in the Canadian military during World War II. And he was gone when Clifford was a baby and was kind of coddled by his mom. Sex and uh, Ed Gein mom shit. Very similar to that. Uh, may have been his introduction and in how to manipulate people because he was good at doing that with his mother. Uh, he began doing that at a very early age. And, of course, he's narcissistic. And showing that very early on, which is basically, you know, I'm the center of the fucking universe. He had very little feeling toward others. And the most important person in the world is him. Uh, yeah, so, he was the most important person in the goddamn world yeah, in his I mean, mind. He was a huge What he narcissist. wanted, he got. Now, he had three younger siblings, but they seemed to all turn out normal as far as I know. So I never seen any. Everything I saw said that all the, other, all the siblings were just like fine. Yeah. No big deal. Normal like, everyday there was people. No, there was no abuse or anything in the family or whatever, but no. he, like, he like claimed it. 
That's right. That he was full of shit. Yeah, because he, he said it. that he had this traumatic childhood, but he didn't, like you said, Chris. And guys like BTK, we've seen some of them that come from pretty normal households. Unfortunately, a lot of them we do are these horrific, like Henry Lee Lucas style or Pee Wee Gaskins. Or their whole fucking childhood is just really the most bad. shitty thing you can imagine. Right. But this guy, not so much. Um, but he was a compulsive liar, and he would claim that, but there does not seem to be any support of that whatsoever. Um, but he probably was not liking the younger siblings getting some of his attention, right. which that's kind of normal, though. But that's he takes this to the fucking nth degree. And, Chris, it's interesting how a guy like this turned out so fucked up. Well, like you said, it's because of all the other kids. His mom fucking loved him, only him, for so long, and then... Another kid's born. It's like okay, right. I'm, I'm sure it was a transition as he got other siblings. Like, and got the next sibling. He's like, okay, I can deal with one other kid around. I'm still gonna do my shit. But as there got to be more siblings, like, no, this is bullshit. Because <laughs> right. what the fuck happened to me? Right. Like, come on, man. This is about me. Fuck these <laughs> motherfuckers. I'm number one. That's all he fucking cares about. Right. Like, well, that goes into showing why he ended up, you know, picking young kids as victims because fuck true. them. Right, yeah, that, that makes that's a good that, point, yeah, Joe. Now the war was over. Clifford's dad comes home and moves the family to Richmond, a suburb of Vancouver. Uh, his dad got a job as a milkman. I thought this was funny, and Dude. drove one of the yeah, last the horse-drawn carriages yeah. yeah. in the area. So that's some old school <laughs> shit there. Dude, that is some old school shit. Um, in elementary school, though, he starts acting up. He's trying to get. You know, his, the attention, of course, he's a narcissist, um, but he's a small kid getting into fights and getting his ass whipped. Um, so his dad, you know, sees this. At age 10, he starts skipping school. Then he starts stealing the milk money out of, uh, you know, off people's porches because he thought if it was his dad's, it was his. Just the same, you know? So he had this fucked up entitlement. Dude, he'd like straight up go to people's houses, go to their back gardens and pick their vegetables and shit. And sell them And motherfucking walk yeah. around to their front door, knock on the door and right. sell them their own goddamn shit. That's fucking genius. Dude, that's like the guy want to buy a reef. <laughs> yeah. Selling you the yeah. reef and then stealing it off your door. Yeah. yeah like, what Dude, the fuck? Where, my, where my sister lives up, up by uh, Schaumburg and shit. Yeah. We went up there, you know, for Christmas or whatever and fucking... Uh, or for Thanksgiving, they, or I think it was Christmas. Anyhow, I guess somebody up there fucking got it on camera. Everything's cameraed now. Oh yeah, this but would they be up fucking, by Chicago. But they about. got fucking video footage. Of this fucking this guy had been in like sixty. He was older, and he's fucking driving around. And you know, motherfuckers leave like an envelope with some money for the garbage men, right? On their fucking track. Oh, shit. He was going around just fucking snagging them. Oh my god! And they got him on camera and fucking popped him off. Oh, but wow. it's like, man, how many years has that dude been doing that? You know, probably and now a there's bunch. cameras. Probably yeah. a bunch. That's so <laughs> shitty, man. That is so shitty. He's also selling out of date lottery tickets door to door, Chris. I mean, this guy's a real fucking winner, man. I mean, gotta give him some I mean, kudos for fucking. He's being, ten years old doing this. That's though. Like, pretty ingenious, but fucking devious is all hell. Uh, now, oh, Shane, yeah, he's obviously <laughs> escalating his behavior now. He's starting to hone his craft of manipulating. I mean, with all this going on. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. He's learning the con very, very young. Like, it's just incredible. You know, he 
say pretty ingenious. He had people that that loved and cared for him, and how them clothed him, everything. You know, he he really didn't need or want for anything. So. Right. He didn't have to be doing the hustle. You know, he wasn't living off the streets or anything. He had no reason to be needing to make that greasy money, you know? (laughs) Nice trailer park boy reference. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The big dirty. It was just just for the high. Just for the high of it all. He just did it for shits and giggles. Yeah, like Charles Ng. Chris, Charles Ng, right? Did some going and steal. Like, yeah, been seen that with more people than Charles We Ng. have. Like, we have a bunch of them. I'm going to go steal this shit because I can and exactly. see if I can get away with it. Exactly. Now, Joey, another thing he was known for was torturing animals. And we've kind of talked about that with the whole psychopathy thing where it's like doing that and they're not sensitive or they have no feeling toward anything, really. Yeah, and I I saw where there was never an actual like case where they could prove that he did anything I like that. Things, but it's not like Dahmer where they were like, oh no, there were fucking dogheads out on like they <laughs> right. knew that shit. But uh, right. anyway, he probably did do this. And you know the thing about them starting off with the animals is, I mean, that's a, they're taking a life. But an animal's life, but it's somebody who people aren't going to miss, and you right. can do it quietly, and you know, no, it's so for them that's definitely like an entry level into getting the yeah. feeling for taking a life, right? Getting away with it, and the high that they right, get from and then it. eventually, like they're probably fantasizing about doing that to a person, right? And whenever they finally do that, yeah, I mean that you're never going to stop somebody who starts that way i don't think they're always gonna have to get caught or get killed or i think you're right dude i think you're right now he gets interested in boxing to defend himself he starts beating some ass of these people that beat him up it's fucked up he's the one that started the fight the first yeah he's like i'm gonna be a bully now (laughs) fuck you so he starts beating people up he's getting bigger (laughs) straight up vengeance yeah uh, so the violence continues to escalate. He ends up getting arrested at 13 for the first time for petty theft. He would continue to learn how to read people and build up that friendly persona that he would use to scam people. So pretty, pretty crazy shit. He drops out of school at age 16. He gets a job at a racetrack. That's a good job for a 16-year-old. Still gambling. Right? right around all that gambling and drinking. Uh, he starts gambling his pay, and then he starts pickpocketing people there and stealing money from the till at the racetrack. So That's how you get by in life sometimes, man. You go to work and you rob that motherfucker. Apparently, and like Shane said, <laughs> they didn't even need it, you know. Now, Shane, in Canada, do you guys start school at age five like we do here? Yes, that's that's right. Uh, okay. Four, four or five, depending on when your birthday is, but generally, you know, five. And right. It's right. K to twelve system, kindergarten to twelve. Okay, so it's the same. Uh, so that'd be grade one to grade twelve. Yeah, and it's funny because the trailer park boys, you know, they refer to the grade ten and stuff, and that's why I wondered if that was your twelfth grade. So it sounds like you're the same as we are with the twelve grades and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 1957, he broke into a woodworking factory after hours, hoping to steal some stuff. Uh, A couple people saw him inside. They contacted the police. He runs away. He winds up, though, getting busted. He gets sent to prison at 17. Uh, His crimes continue to mount, and he is getting 
probably mounted behind bars. I don't know. You know, he was a young guy. <laughs> <He's> probably mounting. <laughs> well, that that he gets to that. Uh, Clifford convinced two other inmates to escape with him. This is absolutely nuts. They get out, Chris. They stole a, a boat. fucking boat. And they ran out of fucking gas. <laughs> yeah, they get on that Fraser River and they ran out of gas. They managed to get pulled to the shore. But the cops are already fucking like, no, yeah. we got you, And he runs home like, what a dumbass, you know. That's the first place they're right. going to look. The cops are going to be there, too. Like, fucking Yeah, ass. so his mom urges him to turn himself in, which he does. Chris, he gets sent back to prison, but even though it looked like he did the right thing, he really did it because he thought... He'd be working less in prison than he would be on the run. <laughs> He's fucking lazy. He can knows how to manipulate the manipulation thing. He can manipulate the other inmates to do what he wants, basically. Right. Fucking, that's the easiest way to live life. Do it for a minute. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and he just does what's best for him. He doesn't right. care. He's like, I don't care. If that's what's good for me, I'm out. Yeah. So prison. he'd rather go to prison than be on the run. So whatever. Uh, he's got an ego. He thinks he's the shit for busting out of prison. He's getting some notoriety here. Um, he gets an extra year on his sentence and had to go to Ocala, which is a work farm. Uh, he keeps working his scams, uh, becoming friendly with the guards, winds up getting out early. Uh, he gets caught breaking into a home and stealing, ends up back in prison. I mean, this is just nonstop with this guy. After three years... He gets out and gets busted soon after for defrauding a grocery store. <laughs> and I'm not sure what that means, Shane. Is that like writing a bad check or something? Yeah, that is that is pretty vague. But, you know, knowing the time frame, you know, credit cards really weren't around then. And right. it could either be writing a bad check. Or, I mean, a lot of times if you're in a small town, they'll let you run a tab, you know, kind of a, a right. pay and them on payday type of thing. Yeah. Right. He might have skipped out on the tab. Yeah, that's, that's never true. do that at a bar, bro. Because <laughs> never do that. You got to pay because you got to go back. <laughs> yep. I had a feeling. Uh, I didn't know if it was kind of like the equivalent of like stealing meat at the grocery store, like they did on the Trailer Park Boys. Right. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, well, it's that's well nowadays at seventeen dollars a pound for steak, you make some good coin there. Wow, you could. You could. Selling that or some mackerel out in the parking lot, like old uh, <laughs> Phil Collins. Uh, he, anybody listening that doesn't know what the Trailer Park Boys are going to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Phil Collins, how did he get brought up in this conversation? <laughs> uh, he, he ends up back at Ocala. He escapes again. He didn't make it that far, but he got caught. Uh, he tries to continually trying to escape. He winds up getting sent to a higher security prison in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Is that where they fucking originated the dick piercing? The Prince Albert? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't want to know. That's fucking... Yeah, I don't think so. Um, imme immediately after he got there, this blows my mind. He managed to steal some civilian clothing and walked right out the front door. It's like peace. Of the prison. I mean, what the yeah. fuck with this guy? <laughs> he gets caught a few hours later, but he is talking some serious shit now. He's 22. He gets out. But, I mean, he's got this notoriety for... 
Dude, real Breaking quick, when, out. He, the, when he was 17, was that the escape when he said he had something wrong with his bladder and he like pricked We're his... getting to that. Okay, I didn't that's know if that was up. the one Yeah, that's not. coming up. That's the best one of them Dude, all. that's like, holy shit, that's, that's genius. very dude. smart. Now, Joey, he continues to steal. He gets busted over and over again. He even gets busted in the U.S. in a hit-and-run accident. Winds up fucking getting out of that. I mean, what the hell with this guy? Yeah, they didn't have, like, the, the computer search systems, obviously, back then. And him being from a whole different country, they didn't pick up on nothing. So right. he gets a hit-and-run, and he fucking gets ticketed right you know for the the incident but then he's like fuck you and he's gone back up to canada exactly so he just fucking you know flees from that one as well but yeah because right. yeah, this dude is DUI like for that right yeah they don't, this, they, back then DUI, they're just like right, all right just yeah. get home yeah. but this dude's <laughs> pour like, your beer out and go home right he's literally a multinational criminal that's right like that's right you know it's not very far but still the motherfucker is crazy he is but on his way back he picks up a teenage girl hitchhiking, and this would be his first taste of that obsession he seemed to have with underage girls. He gets busted with her, sent back to Ocala, and he would study the symptoms. This is what you were talking about, Chris, of, of kidney disease. Yeah. <laughs> and then claim to the doctors at the prison that he had that, and so they would have to send him to the hospital and to trick him. When they ask him to provide a urine, urine sample, yeah, he like pricks his finger, cuts himself, or whatever, yeah. and just puts a little bit of blood in there. So when yeah. they test their urine, they're like, they're oh, like, oh my God, oh, dude, <laughs> you do have this kidney <laughs> disease. We need to send you to a hospital. So he gets sent to the hospital and pulls a fucking Ted Bundy and jumps out the fucking window. And basically, like the guards like left. Took off like on it, like yeah. Guy, as soon as out. he was left alone, he was, he was out. Just the like I'm fucking out, peace. Yeah, I mean that was his plan, but the blood and the urine, I mean that's fucking yeah, unreal. That's smart as fuck. He finds a former convict, and they start busting into homes, just what he needs to do. Uh, where he finds a gun and decided to steal it, and then uses that gun to hold up a grocery store to take money from the safe. But what I thought was funny when he went in the safe. He grabbed the wrong bag and there was hardly any money. I was like eighty nine bucks. So, so he now he's got pissed. armed robbery on the list of shit he's done. Yep. And Chris, I mean, this is a narcissist, but this got to blow his fucking ego. Oh, he, he was so angry when he found out. I can't remember the dude's name that he was with, but he was I, like, I can't remember either. Flipping out on him, he was just so fucking angry because right. he thought because he knew this store kept thousands of dollars in the state right. and he just grabbed the one bag with less than a hundred dollars <laughs> could you imagine you're like i'm the smartest motherfucker in the world i'm fucking stupid exactly exactly but he realizes the police are onto him he sees something shimmer up on a roof yeah. and the police Santa Claus? were watching him yeah <laughs> sniper action and so the two managed to escape but he just has this knack chris of being able to I don't know. There's something about him that he just like finds a certain fucking niche that he just like, and that's how I'm doing. But he always gets fucking caught anyway. Yeah, it's kind of like a Bitteker thing. He's real smart and did some smart shit, but he did some really dumb, dumb. shit too. Kind of weird. High on the genius, low on the salt or the fucking common sense. <laughs> right, right. Now, Shane, his mom would say, quote, you got to admit he's quick on his feet. <laughs> like, what the fuck kind like, of mom hey, response is that? I mean, it's like, I may not agree with what he's doing, but 
Hey, you got to admit, he's quick on his feet. What the hell is that? Shane? <laughs> yeah, you know, she didn't want to say or admit anything bad about her son. It was pretty, pretty twisted. She would always say things like, uh, you know, he's such a clever boy. And yeah, you know, no doubt he's clever. He, he fooled the doctor. He learned some medical jargon, fooled the doctor on a long con. And, you know, but yeah, he just used his cleverness all for the wrong things um you know he used it when it came to manipulation and deceit and so he was he was really clever at that and right i guess good old mom kind of left that second part out yeah right yeah she's uh you know i guess what, what do you say but still it's just it seems so absurd for a mom I mean, my mom would be beating me over the head with something i i can't imagine she... I don't <laughs> I'm uh, fucked up, dude. Yeah, Bobak would be whipping your ass, Chris. Now, soon after he's caught, he gets four more years uh, in prison. He starts studying law and petitions the parole board to get out early. But due to his involvement with a gang rape of a younger inmate, his parole is denied. And this is the beginning of the whole raping shit. I mean, he starts going down this twisted-ass fucking broke. road. Yeah, I'm sure he was doing this before, but this is like that mark of he's now starting to dominate these younger inmates. He's older. The depravity continues. He's in his brutal prison environment. He also starts the dangerous business of narking on the other inmates, which gets the guards on his favor. That's but not that, a good thing to do, dude. Not a good thing at all. He's got the reputation of being a rat, now, Joey, in the prison environment, you know, you hear that snitches get stitches. How real is that inside of prison? I mean, it's definitely something that happens. And, you know, I maybe not so much whenever he was in prison, but probably still the same kind of wires work. But now people can look you up on the Internet. You can find out what anybody's in prison for. Right, All you right. got to do is make a phone call and be like, hey, can you look up this name? Right. They'll let you know what they're in there for. That's right. Uh, but most of the time, I mean, especially like, you know, the people he was snitching seem to be in some kind of bigger capacities. Right. So they like, okay, we got a snitch on our hands and they figure out who you are. All they got to do is send the, the word through the penitentiary. Now inside the joint, he was being a snitch within right. and he fucking popped off some shit with some, uh, some, some drug, drug runners yeah, within drug the runners. prison. Right. And they fucking caught him up. And I think like seven of them fucking beat yeah. his ass. Oh yeah. yeah. The, the one dude came in and he had brought a fucking hammer from his work. Spot. Yeah. Right. yeah I saw, there's, I saw a little two minute, like, clip interview with one of the dudes involved that he's like oh yeah they had the ping pong table blocking the fucking yeah. door and shit yeah and like hit him with the fucking hammer and then he fucking like stabbed him with a pair of scissors like fucking seven times and they all commenced to beating his ass but he was in surgery for a long time and oh like, yeah like you said i mean he almost died i wish he would have died like you said yeah. like being a fucking informant right and then like he uh, there was another case too where he ended up like i think over a little bit of time he collected information about uh, another convict that was locked up yeah dude. and ended up getting him linked and convicted for yeah, the that rape of a nine-year-old that guy yeah. <clears throat> so you know i mean it was something that he was doing maybe he was doing a lot more of that than they even, you know, reported on. Right. And maybe that's why he kept getting out all right. these times or getting lesser Very sentences. Possible. But yeah, you're playing a fucking dangerous game. Yeah. Though. Yeah. So he finally gets out of prison in 1972. He's 32 years old. Half of his life's been behind bars. 
He doesn't want to work, so he keeps stealing. He's driving across Canada, just fucking doing his thing. He picks up a teenage boy named Glenn who was hitchhiking, and he keeps him on the road as basically a sex slave. They're in this very strange fucking relationship together. It's fucked up. It's like some fucking Candyman shit. Yeah. And they pick up a young woman named Evelyn at a bus station, and she thought that the boy was Cliff's son. So she stays with them on their cross-country trip, even though then she starts to realize that these two are having sex with each other, which is fucked up (laughs) with the age difference. So this is like a Springer episode, Chris. (laughs) Springer here. Um, Clifford and Glenn leave on their own, uh, and they continue to steal to stay alive. So that was the best thing for Evelyn. But... Cliff then ditches Glenn and goes back and gets Evelyn. It is very confusing. (laughs) Then he moves in with her family, and at first he's got him fooled, but not for long because he winds up stealing some thousands of dollars from her grandmother, and they decide to leave town on a bus. She sees he's got all this money and puts two and two together. Yeah, she's like, fucking quit, dude. This is my family you're fucking with right now. Yeah, and then he ditches her at the next bus stop. And takes off. Gone so get. the best thing for her was that he left her. Bitches get all, ditched. That's, that's, that's all that happened. Bitches was get ditched. Grandmother was out a few thousand bucks, but at least that son of a bitch didn't kill her. Uh, Nineteen seventy four, though, he gets busted trying to board a ferry to get into the United States. So this guy's a mess. Shane, he gets four more years. They send him back to Ocala. They kept sending him back there, and he keeps escaping. This is like a, a revolving door. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. You know, he keeps keeps going back. You know, home is where the heart is. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was like going back home, you know. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, wow. Yeah. Guy's unbelievable. He spent over half of his life behind bars oh, at that yeah. point now, you know. And Probably prison loved life it. is just easier for him. Yeah, he didn't have to do anything. He's got all these young inmates to rape. He's got, you know, three hots and a cot, you know. Yeah. And the guards so right liked back him into it. because he was ratting on people, so he probably had it pretty easy with the guards, you know. Uh, yeah, you know what? The scariest part of that is the... You know, now he's really not afraid to go back to jail. There's no deterrent there. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it kind of kind of gives him the, the green light to go ahead and do whatever the fuck he wants. That's true, he man. can get away with yeah, more. He, he, have... what, what's the big deal? They're going to send me back to Ocala. Sounds like a fucking album, you know, back to Ocala. <laughs> that does sound like a fucking album. <laughs> uh, Clifford picks out a just 70... even a song, dude, about fucking Clifford, <laughs> right. dude. Back to Ocala. <laughs> Maybe Danny Rawling will sing it in the cage. There page. you go. There you go. Uh, Clifford picks on a 17-year-old inmate, makes him his sex slave. The other inmates have just had enough of his bullshit. And this is what you guys are talking about. Back to Prince Albert prison. That's when they do that poker game in 1976. I mean, and, I, what is the age that you can be in a prison back? Because he's got a 17-year-old a, kid in, in prison. Like in federal prison. Well, you know, if the kid kills or something, they try him as an adult. So yeah, I guess yeah but probably... but like even here, you're held until you're 18 in a juvenile, oh, a juvenile so facility. Yeah, Maybe 17 was considered adult. Maybe, then. I don't know. I don't know. It's fucking weird. It though. is fucking weird. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's amazing he didn't die in that whole situation, but he lived through it. 
And he uses this in his favor because he gets the prison in a lawsuit for not protecting him as an informant. He gets $3,500 in compensation <laughs> like, dude, and a commendation for his right, bravery. They praised him for it. Like, you're a brave dude. Thanks for doing that. What like, the fuck? And he's like, oh, I just got three grand just, for this. Wait till oh, you yeah, see what's right. coming just watch, up. Exactly. <laughs> just watch. Yeah, hold my beer. Yeah. Right? Uh, he gets sent, or hold my Canadian bacon. He gets sent to the Supermax for his protection, and that's where he meets poor Gary yeah, this guy. Uh, the police believe he's responsible for the rape and murder of a nine-year-old, but they don't have enough evidence, so old Clifford decides he's going to get close to him and get him to admit to the murder. And how the fuck he did this it's beyond me, dude. He like, talks this dude into writing down what he did with this nine-year-old. Like exactly what happened. In horrific detail so he can jerk off to it. And he did it. And this guy did this shit. I mean, how fucking stupid is this guy got to fucking be? I mean, my God. I mean, Chris, you were talking last week with Toolbox of how do you break the ice in that conversation? Okay, so how do I ask you, Chris, would you write down how you, the details of you <laughs> raping a nine-year-old and so I can murder. jerk off later to like, it? Wait, I mean, what? really? I mean... <laughs> Who the fuck asked somebody that? <laughs> no, that's fucking dumb. It's insane. He is really good, though, Chris, at scamming people. I mean, this is just some devious fucking shit, man. I, I have no idea how he convinced him to fucking make that but i i did see somewhere though that wasn't he trying didn't he say that he was going to be like a witness or an alibi that yeah. he was there so right. that's why he wanted him to write it down too so right. he could so he could be like okay i got the story together. i know this what is the story what, is, i know what right. the story is we can get it together and we'll be right, right. so then they he just like says ah watch this I can bust this guy. Give me some money fucking i got yeah proof he's fucking slick man he yeah. really is and it's unbelievable that he just keeps doing this stuff. Um, and even though he gets out at 40 years old, he scored the second highest on that psychopathy test, only beaten by Ted Bundy, man. That's fucked up. Jesus Christ. He scored a 38 out of 40 and Bundy had a 39, 39 out of 40. Yeah. So very, very crazy. Uh, 1980, though, he meets this woman, Joan Hale. Uh, he meets her at a bar. He's manipulating her, of course. Uh, psychopaths pick partners who are empathetic, and she had a, a real bad situation with an ex. She was very afraid, so she looked to uh, Clifford as kind of a protector. He's playing this game. He's acting and charming. She's, of course, fallen in love like, with this right, fool. He's like, I only hurt people under 10. Don't worry. Yeah. Right. You're safe. You're safe. Uh, now he starts to test her boundaries. He's scamming money out of her because she recently came into some money from her divorce. And she knew that he was drinking way too much and he took a lot of sleeping pills. But she tolerates like, I got it. Things it, just keep getting worse. Yep. Man. Not good. No, not at all. He becomes physical with her, but now it's almost too late. She's terrified of him, but this killing spree continues, to, or it's getting started here. Raping Joan, apparently not enough. He starts going out for vulnerable teens. And like I said, I read something where it said they predicted that he raped a child every day he was out of prison 
after 1980 until, until they caught him in 81. That's fucked up. That's what Joan claims because he was bringing these kids home and raping them in the house, which is fucked up. And she's there. And like, she's right there. She's so scared fucking right. for, about, of him. that Because like, there was that one time that uh, he like cut the baby and shit. Yeah. Yeah, like let it bleed. Like, this is what will happen, dude. I don't give a shit. Don't oh, talk yeah. shit. Yeah, their own child. Yeah, that's fucking insane. She's disgusted, but of course, you know, she's afraid, so she stays. Uh, Joey, it's believed that Clifford was raping, like I said, one child a day. I mean, that is just unbelievably fucking sick. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had a fucking routine that he was into at that time. And right. I don't know how, you know, nobody was able to intercept that pattern. Unbelievable, or, man. Like... I have to imagine that some of the kids were the same kid. Like he was doing it to the same kid oh, over. That's possible. I, I don't imagine he had hundred different fucking. But you never know. Right. But yeah. like, how is he finding all these children alone everywhere, right. or or alone enough time that he can do what he's doing? Right, and not get caught. It's yeah, fucking bringing insane. Them to his bringing house. them home, yeah. and, he, and he's bringing them home to the point. I mean, it seems like his wife consciously saw what was going on oh yeah or at least to a point it's some not, of them he had sex with them right in front right. of her it's yeah. not like btk where he kind of hid everything right. afterwards she in hindsight she was like okay now this seems weird right but at this time i mean his wife is just like no that's what's happening i guess this is yeah life. and shane we've talked about this many times they're raping and and hurting vulnerable kids like these runaways and kids hitchhiking things like that i mean we've talked about that so many times on the show yeah yeah well, it's true that's you know you go for the low-hanging fruit basically and uh you know but uh the, the victim has to be perceived as is vulnerable in some way to the killer in order for them to you know feel a dominance and superiority over them so right you know and and a uh, vulnerable person could be you know, someone's homeless, a runaway sex worker, something like that. But, right. you know, that could also do with, uh, you know, someone smaller could be vulnerable. That's know? true. So That's there's true. A, there's a couple factors there. But, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, unlike many other serial killers, uh, Clifford actually had better odds when it came to look for a victim, though, because he, he wasn't bound by sexual preference there. You know? That's he, true. He, Male or female, it didn't matter to him. So, yeah, you know, all that of the, probably all afforded of the him a bit more of an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I didn't even think of that angle. Doubled his chances. That's right. That's right. Now, Joan, unfortunately, ends up pregnant by this piece of shit. She believes, though, he's turning things around, but she would be wrong. <laughs> oh, he's turning shit around, not in a good way. Fuck. He beats the shit out of her. She leaves him. He goes looking for her, but distracted by a 12-year-old girl riding her bike. He picks her up and finds out that she's got this troubled home life. Dude, it wasn't even her bike. It was, she borrowed it from a She borrowed dude, it from a friend. Because she drove her dad to the bar because he couldn't drink, couldn't drive. Right. So she's hanging out waiting at the bar for outside for her dad so bike. she could drive him home. <laughs> 12 like, years old. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, holy Unbelievable. Yeah. What a fucking dysfunctional family. God damn. Parking beans. Olsen <laughs> is a fucking piece of shit. He has these business cards cards made 
fake business cards to make yeah. him look like he's somebody. Well, yeah. They were like 3D. They were baller-ass oh, really? business cards, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I don't know what that means, but I saw them described as 3D business cards. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. It's like fucking American Psycho when they're right, right, the business yeah. cards and shit. Right. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. just embossed. Yeah, right, yeah just yeah. embossed. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so he's, you know, showing off his company and offering him a job. He's offering him beer. He starts making out with this 12-year-old girl, and he ejaculates in his pants. <laughs> so he gives her more Oops. beer. I mean, I guess sleeping... he kept it in his pants, at least. <laughs> right? How does that? <laughs> he puts a sleeping pill in it, and then he rapes her repeatedly while she's knocked out with the sleeping See, pill. So what the fuck? That's so fucked up. Dude. It is, man. Like, After the raping, he finds child. his car won't start. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy has the worst and best luck I've ever seen. He's worried somebody's going to find him with her, so he walks toward the Fraser River that we've referenced now, rapes her once more before stabbing her to death, and hides, hides the body near the river, covers her up with some brush. And Gary Marcoux had told him about what sorts of things cops look for in rape cases. So he knew to burn his clothes, get rid of her clothes, and he's pretty Sweet. much covering his tracks. Here. I got it. He Can't cools it. down and he goes on a vacation with his wife just to get away from it all, but hopes that that acts as an alibi if the girl turns up, you know, the body's found. Right. Oh. And it was one of those things like back then, it was like, oh, it's just a runaway. Right. Like, they didn't, like, just run didn't away. Report kid. it. Yeah, he was giving him that Mickey Finn, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly so what it was. Now the girl's parents, I'm amazed that this didn't even report her missing. Well, I mean, her dad was probably still at the fucking bar, dude. <laughs> right? They just thought like she was off somewhere. I don't know. I mean, she's 12 years old. I can't fucking believe you're not calling no, the cops. Dude, the only two people that were worried about where she was was the kid whose bike she yeah, borrowed and friend. his dad, his dad, because they he's went pissed to the off cops. that she fucking stole the bike. Where the she fuck is the bike? bike? Like, that's real, though, yeah, dude. where the fuck is my bike? So, Chris, he's got this first taste of blood. He's getting started. You know, he's just getting started. And now... Oh, yeah. Joan gives Joan birth Clifford to Clifford the Jr. So yeah, Clifford another the Clifford. Third. The third. The third. Trace. Yeah. A very legacy. Yeah, he's uh, going to be a legacy. That, like, Actually, probably fucking not going to be a good legacy when you fucking grow up with a dad like that. But as we find out, they don't even have the same name and shit now. So. Right, right. Like, whatever. So he uses the time when Joan is in the hospital to stalk another victim. I mean, this guy is a busy son of a bitch. Um, his routine is basically the same for all the victims with the beer and the sleeping pills and all this. The only thing different is how he keeps mixing up the weapons. And uh, there was one girl, he tried to inject uh, air into her bloodstream and I thought, how crazy is that? Because we just talked about that last week yep. with Roy yeah, Norris. Yeah, Same thing. Couldn't find an artery, so it didn't right. work. Same didn't exact work. thing. It didn't work. So he murders her, Chris, hammer to the head. And uh, he killed quite a few of them with the hammer. And Joan finds blood on his clothes, but is afraid to say anything. So he is He's wrapped uh, up, dude. He's fucking conniving. He is. He is. Uh, he continues to repeat this over and over again, raping and murdering young boys and girls. 
He's drinking heavily. Um, he told his mother that he had done this and swore her to secrecy. So she knew that he was doing this, but of course, uh, you know, she, she wouldn't tell what it was. The police are looking at missing children, as you said, Chris, as runaways. So he just keeps on doing this over and over again. The police would catch a lot of shit for bumbling this case. And as we mentioned, uh, Shane mentioned the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police is the police that we're talking about. And they caught a lot of flack, Joey, in the Vince Lee case. And here, yeah, way more. fucking things up. Way more in this one. So Shane, Clifford, and Joan get married in 1981, but that doesn't seem to chill him out at all. No, not at all. Didn't didn't affect him at all. I, I you know, just looking at his personality, I got to think that the the marriage was, you know, had some type of ulterior motive for it. You know, whether yeah, you know, he needed an alibi. He was hoping to have them in his family in the back pocket for an alibi, or. Right. You know, just the optics of even having it, if someone's investigating Le- him, yeah, just the optics of it. Right. And, uh, you know, and maybe uh, he actually wanted someone around all the time that he could uh, rape and nah, dehumanize, no you know. Permanent if victim. He, yeah, if he, if he doesn't uh, have a good night of hunting, he can always come home and uh, he's got something at home. Yeah. Back up. Yeah, and Back. also, too, she was he was stealing from her, too, yeah. so that was probably part of it, too. Paul Bernardo's like, I'm not going to get a Joan. I need to get something a little better than that, <laughs> yeah. a little more yeah. involved. Right? Yeah, I, I would think he was probably cubing out some kind of family man persona that, you know, he could use in a grander scheme at some point potentially in the future, you know, yeah. to his benefit. No, I think you're but, right, man. Yeah, but then the killing started, eh? And it kind of just all went downhill after that. I mean, yeah. He got his taste for blood, and, you know, he knew there wasn't any consequences for him, and he didn't care about going to jail. There's no death penalty in Canada. So, you right. know, after that first kill, I think he just went out of whole hog. I think you're right, man. I think you're right. He keeps taking bigger risks. He thinks he's invincible. I saw that in one of these incidents, he got so drunk, he flipped his car over. A witness calls the cops, uh, arrest him for drunk driving and delinquency of a minor, but they let him go since the girl was so drunk, she couldn't tell the police that he raped That's her. That's fucked, dude. Which is fucked up. The cops then realize this, and they're pissed off. Once they found out that he raped her, then another victim was found close by, this one cop starts putting it together that maybe there's something here with Clifford Makes Olsen. sense, and then starts looking at his past record and shit. Yeah, yeah, he starts putting it together. So he contacts the investigators who were doing this case, and since he had such low rank in the police, Nobody the really cops didn't him, fucking yeah. give him any credence. And, of course, the RCMP tries to deny this, but this would be something that they seem to happen in these high-profile cases. I mean, Shane, we've talked about this with Vince Lee, but the Royal Canadian Man of Police looks so bad here. Yeah, you don't you don't have a lot of confidence in them there, do you? <laughs> no, not in these two <laughs> no, cases. No, no, me either. Just no, as much no, confidence as I have pretty for the Yeah, I wondered if we just happened to pick the two bad ones, or does this... So the RCMP would not pursue 
Clifford, he would go on to rape and murder seven more victims. I mean, this is absolutely horrible. One of the victims had an address book on her, which Olsen took from her and later called her <laughs> friends that were in That's the fucking, fucking address ballsy book. ballsy as shit. Oh, yeah. Very fucked up. He's calling them saying shit like, you're next. I mean, that is just creepy as hell. Um, he would yeah. even escalate to raping one of his victims after she was dead. So he just keeps getting fucking worse here. And then the sad one, that one poor nine-year-old boy, um, Dude, he takes I mean, it to sad. the scene of the first victim yeah, and chokes him with his belt, stabs him and throws the body in the Fraser River. Just fucked up. Uh, they wind up getting a new investigator on this case and things start to change because he believes the missing children cases are connected right. and believes Olsen is the one doing it based on his rap sheet and his interest in raping young inmates in prison. I mean, you think all that might tip you off a little bit? I think so, I mean, yeah. No, that's not <laughs> it's so Come on, It's going. unbelievable. He doesn't live in the area. Right. He's fucking... Family man, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, despite the fact the police are onto him, though, he keeps on raping and killing yeah. and goes on vacation to California. <laughs> and they believe fucking... there's a string of rapes and murders in California that he did. That's what Joan claims, that he was doing it down there in the United States. I mean, he's on a mission, but... And there is a death penalty in California, even though they hardly do it, but still... Well, fuck yeah. Not like Texas they're where they're to, churning them out like every month. Man. Who's it's going to Disneyland crazy. or Disney World? Which other one's in California? I don't know. Yeah, Disney but, World, I think. Yeah, and fucking he goes going through Joan's purse and shit looking for money and finds a bunch of money that she'd been hiding from him. Right. He got all pissed off. She's like was saving him to pay back her dad for something or some shit, I think. Right. But, yeah, he got fucking pissed. Yeah, he cut the vacation cut short. Cut the vacation off, said, no, we're going back. Fucking beat the shit out of him. What was the uh, what was the case we did where dude had the girl in the fucking shed but it was cold and he went on vacation down? Oh, that was Israel his real keys. keys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's interesting. Similar similar. These some of these are so similar. And Shane, yeah. I heard that Chris mentioned this earlier that he cut his infant son just below the heart as a way to get back at Joan for keeping that money. Yeah, like how fucked is that? And That's apparently awful. Apparently, it was a pretty yeah, it was pretty deep, and he he just let the kid bleed out in the crib until Joan got home, and uh, you know that's a pretty big message. That's a it's a pretty big don't fuck with me message, and uh, you know, showing her just how far he'd go, and to, you know he would do anything uh, to get his way. It was all about the power power trip. Yeah, big. She time. could do nothing to stop him. Yeah. You know, this time it was about money, you know, but right. you know, the message is pretty universal. It's, uh, you know, don't try me, don't cross me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, he cuts Some, the some good psychopathic short. behavior, that's for sure. That is Very for sure, psychopathic dude. Behavior. Um, so the police continue to build evidence, though. They decide to put him under surveillance. But the raping and killing seem to keep continuing. I don't know how this happened. I think I saw one thing where they didn't want to put 24 hours. Right. It was about it was about money dude. to save money. So then he's doing this shit when he knows they're not watching. Exactly. You know, so you think that if you think you'd think that like if you're a good cop or whatever, I know you got family time and all that shit. But like, dude, fuck that. I'm going to sit here and throw it out. You can't maybe you're off duty. You can't do nothing. 
or whatever, but you'd want to like volunteer some time, maybe. You know what I'm saying? If you're after right. this guy so fucking hardcore, like be be like, dude, I'll just volunteer a couple hours here. And right. There. Even just to say, even though it's fucked up to say it, but even for selfish reasons, if you're a cop or a detective, you're like, no, I'm gonna be the one to fucking catch that dude for your career. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Uh, definitely. Um, I saw one thing where he drove a nail into one of the kids' heads and the kid was alive for quite a while, which is fucked up. Yeah. He also raped a victim and made eye contact, eye contact with the train conductor passing was, by. The conductor thought there was him. just a couple dudes out there, dude and a chick out there just banging. He's like, hey, yeah, bro. Yeah. Like, so what the fuck is that? He doesn't have any idea. <laughs> So, I mean, this guy is just ballsy waving to the fucking train as he's raping this girl. I mean, we're laughing, but it's so fucking warped, you know. Um, He killed another victim by hammering a screwdriver into her head, which is fucked up. Another's head was crushed by a rock. I mean, this guy is off the charts. The RCMP is looking really bad for not catching him. And, uh, you know, even after things came out, the victims' families are absolutely outraged. Uh, he is still raping and killing while they are investigating him. He flees to Alberta to lay low for a while. The RCMP's closing in. Now they go to 24-hour surveillance. He picks up two 13-year-olds. The cops arrest them. But I saw something that if they're uh, surveilling a suspect... They can't stop the crime. I saw something about that. So they pulled unless, them over before a, the crime started. Yeah. So that was good. I le- I heard unless it's impending death, like a inevitable homicide is going to happen, then they can intercede. But besides oh, okay. that, they have to sit back for and anything. watch the crime. That's, that's fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. So good thing they stopped that. So you Joey, know, and, and he's but, he was gonna fucking he's bashing people's heads in. He's using hammers. You know, strangling, using the belt. He's doing all this different kind of shit, but this is way back before like the forensic profiling said that right. people fit an MO. Right. So he's not doing this to throw the cops off. He's doing he's this because he's fucked that's up. What he is. Yeah, yeah, he likes yeah. to and do like different Shane said, up He's shit. going from males to females, yeah. which is not typical for At a serial all. killer. Yeah. So very, very fascinating with this case. Um, and Joey, now that cash for bodies thing comes up, when oh, they yeah. wind up busting him, um, what was the deal with that, man? I mean, he tells he tells the cops, he's like, okay, I'll admit to this, but you want the bodies. I'll bring you, for every body that I bring you, I want you to give my wife $10,000. Right. Uh, works it up Which, to about $100,000. And, I mean, they're fucking doing this, and then the people are like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. And plus, like, where's the money coming from? It's obviously state-issued. Right. And that's so fucked up. And then at one point, he was going to fucking cut him a fucking bulk deal where he was going to give him 20 bodies for $100,000, and finally they're like, fuck you, and they were done. Right. But, I mean, he fucking got paid. Well, yeah, he did. not him so she much. Did. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah, did, yeah. Yeah, what the Yeah, he fuck? calls her up. He's like, you're going to be rich. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, what the fuck? Shane, how fired up did this get people up there in Canada? Oh, yeah, they, they were pretty fucking pissed. You know, most people <laughs> considered it literally a deal with the devil. And, right, uh, right. You know, no doubt cash for bodies is not the precedence that you want to set. Yeah, uh, it's incentivizing it, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and you know, it isn't the, sign, the, the, the saying, uh, crime should not pay, crime doesn't pay, right, you know. Right, right. So that's, that's the rule. But, 
you know, the the court told the uh, that that Clifford could be let back out onto the streets to continue his raping and killing, and the investigators said there wasn't enough evidence to 100% guarantee uh, conviction. So, you know, they they went with the cash for bodies program. They they yeah. figured it was the only positive 100% way to ensure this is going to happen. Yeah, and plus, they wanted to give closure to the victims' families, right. which I get. But man, giving this guy money, I heard that it was a hundred and ten thousand, and they and thought they, about it for a while. They came back like, with no, fuck that. We'll, go. we'll just yeah, make it an even while. hundred. Like really? Uh, right. Like that was your negotiation with this motherfucker? And he, but he went for it. I yeah. know. Like it's crazy. He's like, cool. I'm I mean, getting, Henry like, Lee. Why would you not? Why wouldn't you be the guy that says, "I'll take a hundred and ten"? They, you're gonna be like, "They're gonna say a hundred. I'm exactly. gonna take a hundred, dude." Like exactly. Like, I mean. Come I mean, on. it <laughs> makes Henry Lee look pretty chintzy with the Paul Malls and the strawberry yeah, milkshakes. Right? I mean, man, Clifford Olson Fuck. fucking... You know, it's fucked up. Shane <laughs> Shane used the term deal with the devil. Right. And the the other case that I fucking associate with that term is Carla Homoka right. up in Canada yeah. when, when she told them that she would fucking, you know, for immunity or whatever she did, fucking, she didn't hardly do anything for all that shit that she was involved in. Not at all. And, and the Canadian people called that a deal with the devil as well. So Canada, some fucking shicey <laughs> bullshit going on. <laughs> yeah, Carla Homolka. Some good lawyers, I guess. Yeah. Carla Homolka, definitely a big uh, controversy up there, too, Shane, <laughs> for sure. So he winds up taking the uh, police to all 11 sites. He gets off telling them the details of what he had done. Um, and October. Uh, January 11th of 1982, he pleads guilty to 11 counts of murder and was given 11 life sentences. The media, of course, would go crazy with the story and the cash for bodies. And people felt like it was encouraging, you know, the others to do that, which I get. It, <laughs> dude, like, I, I I'll show you where, dude, I could see that, though. Like, another somebody's in there like, okay, Right now, I can get money for my family for this fucking. Right, yeah, I can tell you where these bodies are. I'll admit to it now. Hell right, yeah. my family's taken care of. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. he he claimed that he had eleven more, and right. they they were like, "Fuck you." Uh, Chris Clifford Olson would fuck with the victims' families by sending them letters and taunting them about what he did to their kids. I mean, that's fucked up. Like. Uh, that's just, I don't even know what to say about that, dude. Like, no, honestly, it's horrible, man. Like, why would you do that? You already, I mean, because he loved he's, no, because he Fish. loves every bar, right? <laughs> he loved Albert Fish. I mean, not, like said, Fish did it too. But, dude, the fucking thoughts to going through your head about how happy you are about what you did and how much joy you take and what you did—that you're right. gonna brag about it to these kids families to get that much more joy because you're not getting the same fucking high off of that original joy it's like i need it i need something new right let's cause these people pain yeah Fuck, like i, I mean it's kind of the same thing when he the grabbed old girl's yeah. fucking uh address book and was calling her friends yeah right. same, yeah, same yeah. thing yeah. it's fucked up I did see that the family sued Joan for the money, but the courts found it was legal for her to keep so it. So she got that shit. Yeah, she got, got that money, got dude, it. yeah. Now, Joan is smart. She div finally divorces him, changes her she name. She got all that cash. I'm out, punk. She got the money. She changes her son's name. So Clifford still tried to get more cash for bodies, but it didn't work out. He also filed some frivolous lawsuits from prison for some stupid shit. 
Like them not letting him have a sex doll in prison. In front, like, yeah, because he was behind like plexiglass and shit, right? Right. Yeah, and he's like, could I just get one on the other side of the plexiglass or something, dude? Right. He's like, let me get a Richard Speck in here. <laughs> yeah, let me get a Speck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like Bittaker suing him for his broken cookies and yeah, his, yeah exactly, same type yeah, of yeah. Bullshit. Um, he also tried to convince his lawyer to write a book about his story and call it Kiss Daddy Goodbye. That is such what a fucked up. Fuck? Like, oh, my God. No. Like his yeah. story? Like what he right? did? No, nope. the whole Kiss Daddy Goodbye, that's just yeah. creepy as fuck. Yeah. Uh, in 2011, he dies, thank God, from fucking colon cancer. He spent 50 of his 71 years in prison. What a total piece of shit. I am absolutely exhausted fucking telling the story. (laughs) But it had to be told in that kind of detail, I think. This is just... There's a lot more y'all can check out. Yeah, there's a lot more on it, like I said. There's so much to it. Like when you hear about all the escapes and... (laughs) Yeah. Dude, it's so... So much to it. Yeah, you want to just beat your head against the wall that he was able to get out that many times. Now, Shane, I did see there was something about him and his old age benefits. What was the deal with that? Yeah, yeah, he was collecting about uh, $1,100 a month uh, from uh, in prison, <laughs> old age security old. and guaranteed income supplement, you know. And, wow. Uh, yeah, so he was collecting those, and that, that pissed a lot of people off, too. You know, that's intended for... Uh, People, poor people, living uh, seniors, and it's not really for inmates to in jail. Was he the only inmate getting them? Was he the only inmate getting them, or was this rampant throughout the prison system? Yeah, it was pretty rampant. You know, there's not a lot of old age uh, uh, seniors in the prison population. Oh, sure, makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, so you know, they they did. They did do away with that, though. Yeah, you they know? changed the law, I think, yeah, on it. they changed yeah, the law. Good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, he, Clifford claimed, you know, he he, tried, he paid into it as a taxpayer, so he deserved that money, but they, they ruled against that. And, right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Joey, Chris, Shane, anything you guys want to add to this one? I don't got anything, dude. It's pretty fucking well, tight episode. What did you got, Shane? Yeah. What about yeah, you, I got Shane? a couple fun facts. No, yes. a couple fun facts. Nice. Go ahead, yeah. dude. What you got? <laughs> okay, the uh, the psychopathy test there that you were talking about, you know, with Bundy on it, scoring higher than he did. Right. Uh, that test was uh, actually created by uh, by a Canadian uh, who happened to live in Vancouver and researched at the oh. British Columbia Penitentiary. Oh, uh, shit. Oh, that's yep. cool. That fun fact. Yeah, and uh, the the geographic profiling that the FBI uses, you know, they have personal uh, profiling, but they also have a geographic profiling system where they, uh, you know, mark out the the kill sites and um, you know stuff like that. And then there's an algorithm for it and all that all that fun math stuff. And uh, that was also actually originated from BC as well. Oh, God damn, wow. dude, we got Hell all yeah, kinds man. of Canadian shit going on tonight. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. Good little morsels of information. Uh, very, I, very cool. I also saw, too, uh, where you know he was talking about his victims, and he would refer to them as science experiments. Oh, wow. And then he fantasized that he would gain fame under the name The Silver Hammer Man, which is a reference wow. to a Beatles song. 
so yeah so loving the beatles and getting a little fucking weird shit from them kind of like manson it's like i was gonna say manson shit it's better than the rental car yeah no the silver hammer (laughs) man's pretty good i don't know i like the beast of british columbia that's no yeah the beast of bc yeah for sure yeah i think he gave himself that moniker i think so too yeah i think he did wow oh that's interesting yeah well if the colony the rental car killer you know i guess you're come on man they're not gonna do a podcast on the rent a car killer uh yeah that's like that korean guy was talking about with the raincoat killer they called yeah, him. yeah yeah that's such a lame name for as brutal as this son of a bitch was chopping him up in his apartment yeah we'll do that one someday that'll be a good one all right i did my research for this with listening to a two-part serial killers that's the name of the podcast uh, it's pretty PG, but I, I do think they do a good job with the facts. Um, they, uh, they they do a good job. I got a lot of my information from that. Also watched a couple of YouTube docs, like always. Uh, a couple of online sources for some basic info. There's not a lot on him, but there is enough if you want to dig in and check some stuff out. Uh, Shane, what was that podcast you referenced you told me? Uh, dark poutine. I listen to dark poutine. Dark okay. poutine. That's yeah. so fucking Canadian. No, it's not, <laughs> it's straight up Canadian. I listen to it. A lot. Dude, I listen uh, to it. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, the, one, the one of the uh, hosts in there actually lived in the area, so he had a pretty good, you know, first hand oh, cool. perspective of what it was like. Oh, yeah. I'll have to check that out. I've never heard it, but I know you mentioned it a couple times. All right. Next week, we are going to continue the nastiness with the Cleveland Strangler. Anthony Soul, uh, brutal as hell, May 2007 to September 2009. He raped 83 women and convicted yeah. of killing 11 of them. Another wild we're gonna, story. We're going to have to have a light week one of these yeah. times. I know. Dude. we got to do another feather thief in <laughs> here somewhere. Something. My God. <laughs> I'm excited to do this one. Yeah. Coming in hot in 2022. That's Fucking yeah, right, for dude. Sure. For real. Atrocious crimes, crackheads, dead prostitutes piling up in the basement, rats eating the severed head in the bucket. I mean, it's fucked up. We're going to do that one next week, so... That'll be uh, worth checking out. Joey, you got any page a day for us? I do have some page a day, and as a matter of fact, uh, they're not they're not really long. But this is literally the first time that I picked every one from the week. Oh, okay. like oh, usually yeah. I'll pick one or two. I grabbed all of them. Like I said, they're not long, so it won't take long. But there were some good ones. Okay. <clears throat> now the first one they're talking about is one that we've already done, the Boston Strangler. But I thought it was cool to revisit every now and then. And theirs was more of like a fucking uh, quick cut fucking version. But January 4th, 1964, 19-year-old Mary, Mary Sullivan was found dead in her apartment. There was a card reading Happy New Year that was left lying against her foot. She'd been raped, strangled to death with a pair of stockings, and those were tied around her neck in a neat bow. So she was the last of 13 women who were raped and murdered by the Boston Strangler. Um, he evaded capture during his four-year reign of terror, and his identity remained a mystery for almost a year after she was found dead. But then, Albert DeSalvo, 29 years old at the time, he's in an area mental hospital, and he confessed to his cellmate that he's the guilty party. Now, Albert DeSalvo, this case is technically not... He, he was never convicted. Right. 
it was him, and he was linked to it, but he was killed before he was ever committed. We had another case like that we were talking last week. I right. remember. But anyway, Albert DeSalvo, though, this guy had three fucking iterations of uh, of criminality that he fucking dealt with. And the first one started as the measuring man, and he would walk up and right. he would act like a modeling scout. He would go door to door and he would right, grope yeah. unsuspecting women as he took their measurements. Yeah, fucked up. So that was the first thing. He did one year in prison for those crimes. So next, he, he transforms into the brutal green man who's a rapist. Right. Uh, he Maybe broke into... Uniform. Yeah. And he would break into hundreds of New England apartments dressed in the green handyman's outfit, like you were saying. He God would tie the women sunny. up. Yeah. <laughs> tie the women up and rape them. And then in 1962, whenever he started killing, that's whenever the Boston Strangler... Uh, portion came so this right. guy like had like I said three yeah, fucking Monica, forms yeah that's fucking crazy uh, so then October 1964 he goes back into the green man he rapes one more girl he leaves her alive and well enough to describe him to the police though so he's arrested for the rape right uh, he gets put into the uh, the area hospital where he later confesses, like I said, to the cellmate that he's the Boston Strangler. So he's not tried for any of the murders because they didn't have any evidence linking him to any of the crimes. Right. Uh, the, which is almost like we were saying about Clifford Olson. Right. Like, technically, they didn't have the evidence but right. until he brought him to the murder sites. But um, there wasn't enough uh, evidence to, to link to Salvo, but he received a life sentence for the Green Man rapes. And then in 1973, he was killed in prison by another inmate, so that was right. the end of his tale. But, right. yeah, just, I mean, he was the Boston Strangler, but... Yeah, interesting, though, having Te- multiple, you know, ch- reinventing himself yeah, multiple yeah. times fucking crazy uh okay so here's one they're talking about this one i thought this was crazy too because this one kind of uh makes sense to what we were talking about tonight with uh uh you know him the bodies for cash right how uh court systems will try certain things out you know that's kind of like what this is and the one they're talking about here is the provocation defense so in 1909, Alice May Parkinson, she's working as a pantry maid and waitress in Napier, New Zealand, and she meets this guy, Burt West, and he's a local railway worker. Uh, she thinks that they're like perfect, they're going to be married, everything else, right. and then she becomes pregnant in 1914, and they do, they decide to get married. So she spends her entire savings on renting and furnishing a house so they could have the baby there, start their life and all that. Right. And then uh, on the January 1st, New Year's Day of 1915, she goes into a long, painful labor and delivers a stillborn baby. So West, he initially said that he would still marry her, but as the weeks passed and grew, he got more reluctant, and eventually he just called the whole thing off and left her for good. Oh, wow. So she's broke, unemployed. Her reputation's fucked up by an illegitimate pregnancy back then, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, She's still desperate to get married, so she sends West a letter threatening to kill him if he doesn't marry her. (laughs) Then, on March 2nd, 1915, she confronts him in person. She's got a gun. She shoots him four times in the head and chest, turns the gun on herself, and shoots a bullet into her temple. West dies three days later, but she did not. She survived. Damn. Goddamn. So... In 1915, in June, this is three months after the shooting of Burt West, she stands in trial with the bullet still lodged in her head. Uh, The jury convicts her of manslaughter with a strong recommendation for mercy on the grounds of provocation, believing she had been driven to murder 
by cruel's by west cruel abandonment and the decimation of reputation so they said because she was provoked that (laughs) she was that's why she was wow yeah uh so despite the jury's recommendation the judge sentenced her to life in prison with hard labor and uh her retrial was denied but the newspapers the new zealand truth and the Maraland worker uh, the labor, socialist, and feminist movements, and the Social Democratic Party all uh, over there in New Zealand, they all took up her case, petitioning for her release. Wow. Uh, they got three actual petitions with more than 100,000 signatures on them. Jesus. And in 1921, she's released to the care of her mother. In 1923, she marries. She and her husband went on to have six children. God damn. So, with her case as a precedent, provocation officially became a partial murder defense in 1961. God damn. Means to reduce the murder charges to manslaughter in capital cases. Wow. So, nearly a century after the Alan Parkinson, Alice Parkinson case, they decided to use provocation in another sensational case in new zealand so in january of 2008 sophie elliott she's packing to move from dunedin to wellington to start a new job uh, at the new zealand treasury and her ex-boyfriend clayton weatherstorm he comes up into her room in her family's house stabs her 216 God times damn. With, with two different weapons uh, a God pathologist damn. found that much of the attack uh, of the attack targeted aspects of beauty, meaning that he was trying to disfigure her. Right. Wow. Um, adi- in addition to the stab wounds, she had seven injuries caused by blunt force trauma as well. God damn. So, Overkill. So he's charged with the murder and he pleads not guilty and they try to use provocation as a partial defense for that. Um, they're saying that Elliot had been provoked by Weatherstorm to brutally murder her because she had broken up with him and was moving on. But the judge, jury, popular opinion, none of them sided with him. He was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. Um, A year after he was sentenced, the New Zealand Parliament abolished the provocation defense. Good Good idea. So that was the history of the provocation defense. Damn, that's fucked up. Good idea. Uh, I got one more before I fucking say this one, though. I thought it was funny that fucking... uh, Oh yeah, it was. Fun. I was talking to Boston Strangler last night. I was watching the movie with Tony Curtis, and George. right, yeah, that was so pretty weird. That, so yeah. it was ironic when I pulled it up. To it, I was like, "Oh, Boston Strangler." <clears throat> yeah, uh, but I got one more. But before I say it, I was just gonna say something funny because I I sent Pete a thing about Robert Durst, and Robert Durst had died this the recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome." Since I just brought him up on the last last podcast, and I was talking about it in Cold Blood, and then I hit him back, and I was like. <laughs> Never mind. That was Robert Blake. I'm a fucking idiot, <laughs> right? And Get I was telling Robert Stephanie Blake. the same thing, and she was like, "Yeah, but didn't you bring up Robert Blake on a recent episode or Robert Durst?" And I was like, "Yeah, probably because I said the wrong fucking name." <laughs> so anyway, if anybody's been paying attention, I'm sure I fucked that all up. Yeah, you did that with the Golden State Killer. I, I think, did one the exact time. same thing. But derailed. Robert Blake is still alive. Robert, Robert Durst, Durst just, just died. died. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna do Durst. Someday, yeah, he's right? a good one. So anyway, okay. So Paige and I got one more. Like I said, I did all week this one. Yeah. Uh, I thought this one was pretty funny to go out on. So they're talking about this bootlegger, Joseph Henry Loveless, and he escapes from an Idaho prison in 1916 using a saw that he had hidden in his shoe. So he's got this saw. Uh, He goes back to prison in a few months for beating his wife to death with an axe. But soon (laughs) he escapes again using the old saw and the boot technique. Get the fuck out of here. And he was was never seen again. So he gets out and he's gone. 
So in 1979, he so didn't the, steal a boat and run down. Or no, he didn't steal a boat. <laughs> but for 63 years, like they had no idea what happened to this dude. So in 1979, they find a torso in an Idaho cave. A hand, arm, and two legs were discovered in 91. And in 2019, Idaho State University, they started working with the remains with the DNA Doe Project, and that's where they start using the genetic genealogy tests and things like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. which we saw, you know, right. Uh, who was a golden state got mm-hmm. caught for that same yeah. way. But so they finally, after a few months of uh, genealogical research, they find trace remains to Lovelace's 87 year old grandson. So the DNA sample he, he provided was a match to the ones that were, were in the cave. And so Joseph Henry Lovelace had been found. Wow. Um, once the remains were identified, the Clark County Sheriff's Department began an investigation into his murder Obviously, it had been fucking forever, but the DNA was still, like, really good because it was in that cave, so it wasn't as old as it was. It wasn't that fucked up. Right. But all that they could, they they gather is that they believe that he was killed and slain by the wife's family as revenge for her brutal murder. Wow. So, classic. Revenge always uh, served the best served cold, they say, right? Well, Shane, thank you so much for coming on to talk with us here up there in the chilly northern canada thank you very Canadia. much <laughs> awesome you know my pleasure that's for sure yeah, yeah. it's always nice to have yeah, you we'll on, definitely dude. have you on again we'll do another canadian case uh, we'll pick a good one or if you have any that you'd uh, want to suggest always open to hear what you got to say so shane right on, right on. tell us what the hell we need to do well, uh, I think it's about time we got our great white north fucking Canadian medal on there, boys. Yeah. Just because CK has passed on, he's not done educating the masses. CK will forever be the great metal motherfucker. We're here to stomp poser ass and eradicate the planet of their kind. CK has passed the torch to us, and we will forge the fuck on. In CK's name, we will bestow metal knowledge upon all of you. All right, CK there with the Iceman shirt. We got CK still here with us. So The goddamn bootleg Iceman shirt. I know, I know, the bootleg Iceman shirt. So uh, CCK, keeping CK's memory alive here. And the metal segment, of course, always dedicated to the great metal motherfucker. And Fucking right. We got a friend here. Justin's been off Justin mic, Morris. but he couldn't resist. We had to mic like, him come up. Come on, we so. got to mic you up for the fucking last of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah. Thanks for coming in, Justin. <laughs> and you yeah. want some good swag there. You got some uh, some Low 12 and some Goremonger CDs there. I'm just glad no one else played along. So I, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, right? Y'all need to fucking play. Yeah, like Justin ain't winning all this I shit. I know, all the that's time. the thing. I, I sit on the sidelines waiting for someone else to win, but. Gets to a previous life. I'm coming in. Put me in, coach. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, we've been passing the horns around uh, each week, and this is my turn. And so when it's um, your turn here at Murder Metal Mayhem, you pick the band that we're going to talk about. And I've already mentioned them uh, so far. Votov, V-O-T-O-V. It's one of those anagrams. That no matter which way you spell it, it's it's, Back, the, yeah, it's the yeah same. the same. It's like race car. Yeah, exactly. 
So I heard I first heard about Votov from our friend Shane Borchuk we just had on the show uh, for murder, and Shane brought him up because they're a band from Winnipeg, and uh, so now it's their turn to be uh, discussed. These guys are a killer three piece, old school death metal. Definitely, uh, you know, if you're into old school. You know, Morbid Angel, Obituary, Cannibal Corpse, stuff like that. This is definitely a band for you. The current lineup is Chuck Labossiere. I think that's how you pronounce that. Labossiere. <laughs> uh, on guitar and vocals. John Duke on bass and Derek Kroll on drums. Uh, they are from, as I mentioned, Winnipeg. And they started out as Votov in January of 2015, so that's when the band started. Uh, they got to work quickly. This is amazing with these guys, how much they've put out in a short period of time. They put out a self-titled album in two years, 2017. Chris's mom puts out way more than that. Oh, <laughs> damn. God wow. damn. I'm telling Ma you said that. <laughs> So, so yeah, these guys right. put out a self-titled full-length album in two years, which is impressive. They changed from their original drummer to Derek right after that album came out. Then they put out this blistering three-song EP called Blasphemy, which I like that. Blasphemy. Uh, in July of 2019. And this got the attention of CDN Records, who signed them in March of 2020 as the world was imploding with the pandemic started. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so. oh, let's sign a new band. That's what the world needs, a new fucking metal band. <laughs> needs and that's some Votov, yeah. Needs metal. Uh, so they released another album with a uh, uh, anagram title, IXXI, uh, in April of 2020. So a month after they're signed, this album comes out, which is amazing. I love, I love everything these guys have done. Obviously, they've been writing shit. They're like fucking killing it. Yeah, they already had songs going that they wanted to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm just impressed with how quickly they put things out. These guys are for anybody, as I said, into the old school death metal stuff, straight up in your face and kicking your ass 666 times. So very impressed. In seven years, they've released two full-length albums and an EP. And if you want to stream, you can. Uh, they're they're available uh, on YouTube Music. That's what I use. Uh, they're also uh, they've got some videos on YouTube, some live stuff, some studio done uh, uh, videos, good stuff. So definitely want to check them out. And they also play in another band, plus a, a rhythm guitar player. So there's two guitar players in Immortal Possession which is absolutely fucking brutal. I just got their DVD today. It's amazing. Uh, so if you're into death metal, Immortal Possession and Votov, definitely want to check them out. Now, I had the chance to sit down with the bass player, John Duke. We had a really good conversation, just about 30 minutes. I'm going to play an eight-minute piece of that for you guys to check out. So... Here you go. I always ask bands of their influences, but I thought I would ask you, are there any influences you guys have that might surprise our listeners, being that you guys are a death metal band? Anything that might be a little different? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously we have all, all the standards probably that uh, 
you grew up with and I grew up with. Um, right. A couple of bands, a couple of bands that uh, really influenced me. Um, that might be a little surprising. Uh, Thin Lizzy. Okay. Uh, but, uh, he's a huge inspiration to me, uh, just from the standpoint of uh, the bass lines he created and uh, his stage presence, how, how much uh, he prided himself on that, making shapes and uh, yeah. stuff like that. Um, Caius is another one. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're yeah. more stoner rock and, uh, yeah. again, you're... Uh, He's been a really big influence on my style of playing as well over the years. Um, Otherwise, you know, you've got the standards. Obviously, uh, some of the big Canadian ones, uh, Sacrifice, Voivod, um, bands like Exciter. Yeah, Exciter, back in the day, boy, that was like when I was first getting into heavier stuff and really digging on Exciter, man. Violence and Force, love that shit. Yeah, Infernal Majesty, Mm -hmm. Aggression, bands like that. And then, you know, definitely my ultimate favorite band of all time is Black Sabbath. Me too. Uh, That's funny. Geezer Butler, how could you not be a bass player and be influenced by Geezer? Tone for days. I mean, just nasty, nasty tone. Love his playing. Yeah. And he just, he, he took something, he took the blues and just made it so much heavier. <laughs> oh my god yeah right and the love is uh he's what got me into playing with my fingers too uh him mm-hmm. and steve harris for me as a bass player bob daisley but steve harris and geezer for the finger playing for metal is just really awesome so yeah that's cool are- and i'm sure there's a lot of the staples for death metal that got you into you guys into it you know morbid angel obituary Cannibal Corpse, all those early bands. Yeah. Uh, Celtic Frost, Hellhammer. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think guys that grew up in the era that we did have a little more appreciation for some of it because back in the day, I mean, before the internet, you were finding out about these bands by tape trading or from reading magazines that might be almost a year old but by the time they got to your little record store they were new to you and you're looking through them for album reviews and reading these band names like that's crazy i just want to check that out you know and getting some real duds but every once in a while you'd get a real gem in that batch you know so yeah and back then you didn't have you didn't have uh you streaming know, and youtube <laughs> yeah so basically that's what you did. You went to the local records shop, looked at the albums. If you didn't know anything about them, <laughs> a lot of times you based your choice on the cover. Oh, hell yeah. I remember many a time getting burned on that really cool cover and it totally sucked or a really <laughs> shitty cover, but the album was actually really good, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love Don't Break the Oath, the Merciful Fate cover. That just drew me in and I got obsessed with them back in the the late 80s definitely loving some merciful fate i love old merciful fate as well yeah and king King diamond too yeah love it yeah for sure (laughs) now what do you think about the state of death metal today just overall i mean do you seeing like new bands getting in the fray or you know some of the older bands still hanging around which is cool 
I, I think it's a, a real combination of both, actually. Uh, starting to see kind of a, a big resurgence of bands from the 90s and stuff reuniting and uh, getting back together. And um, also, yeah, there's there's a million bands out there. Like, if you, <laughs> you want to listen to something different every day, you could probably have, you know, totally. listen to albums. It's it's almost over, overwhelming at times to to actually think about how many bands are out there competing for your ears. Right. You yeah. Know? I uh, I always love to look at this time of the year with the countdown of the best albums of the year, and I go through those to see are there any I don't know about. And uh, last year mm-hmm. I did that and stumbled upon a couple of great bands. One of them is Skeleton Pit from Germany, thrash metal stuff. But uh, this year I found a couple of pretty good ones in the batch doing that. So, yeah, you just never know. Or we did a countdown of our top five last night for our year-end episode, each one of the three of us. And one of the guys had a band I'd never heard of before called Knife. And those guys Mm. are really cool uh, thrash metal, old-school style a thrash band so yeah you just really come upon some gems but like you said you know there's so much of it out there it's almost like overload you know and you try to sift mm-hmm. through it and and find something that might last you know right and the other the other thing is trying to actually get people to pay attention to what you're doing right which is you know right in that big things it's uh it's hard hard sometimes yeah, I know. I haven't played for about five years now, but now doing the podcast, it's the same thing. There's so many true crime podcasts out there because we do true crime and metal both. But mm-hmm. the true crime podcasts are just overwhelming. You know, there's so much of it out there, so it's tough to compete with it. And it's kind of funny. We cracked the top 200 on Apple for comedy podcasts, and here we're doing true crime and metal. So. But we do mix a lot of humor in with it, so I guess that's how it becomes a comedy podcast. So, whatever it's worth, hey, we're we're glad that people uh, people are digging it. Now, speaking of digging, of course, I got my votive shirt on that I ordered from you guys and uh, got it incredibly fast. So I must have scared my postmaster, thinking <laughs> that if I don't get this shirt to this guy, he's going to come down here with an aluminum bat because. I got mm-hmm. it pretty quick. You were impressed with the, the speedy delivery. And I have been jamming the shit out of your IXXI album. What went into that, like songwriting-wise and recording? How did that all come to be? Um, well, ba- basically, we released our first album. It was, I think, December 20th of 2017. And we had, obviously, our original drummer, Matt Penner, and honestly, two weeks after that album was released, he left the band. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> that we're, sucks. We're <laughs> an album that just came out and uh, basically you don't want it out there that, well, now we're a two piece because we don't have a drummer. Well, there you go. The Canadian invasion here tonight. We oh, got yeah. all this Canadian about and all the uh, ways that. They say stuff. It's just cool to hear the accents. But, yeah, John's a really good dude. Uh, That full interview is going to be released tomorrow, which will be Friday, 
um, the day after this episode goes live and a video Don't even know of what it the date is right now <laughs> on uh, yeah I have no idea uh, the YouTube channel uh, that we have you definitely need to go to murder metal mayhem's YouTube channel and subscribe to it a lot of good interviews on there got Joey Gormonger from your very first time here yeah I reshared that this week and uh yeah, Hell yeah. I, I rewatched it and I was like hey it's actually pretty decent for what it we is. did because yeah. it was ghetto as fuck when we did it right <laughs> we but did. It, no, it came out good it actually turned out really yeah. good so yeah you can see stuff like that the one gr- uh, video of my grandson screaming at yeah. your house that was good. <laughs> that was good dude a little vocal brutal vocal academy so there's some good stuff out there on the YouTube channel so uh, also, check the episode description for a link to check out Votov. Buy some merch. I bought the shirt. I bought the DVD. So support these guys, uh, the underground. That's how it's going to survive. So definitely a band worth checking out. Now, Joey, what do you got for us for a Lost Classic this week? I'm going back to 1989. Okay. And I'm it's going. Good year. Yeah. Good year. Uh, uh, we're stupid but i'm going i'm going with the band dbc and the album universe uh dbc stands for dead brain cells but they're a band from montreal quebec um i don't i don't really know it's hard to fucking put them in a category because they're a little bit fucking close to death metal but coming out of the hardcore with some thrash, so they're 1989 metal. It's funny go- you say DBC because one of the low 12 might be the one that you've got splatter pad yeah. in there. Uh, was on DBC Records, oh, for which real? is a, one that I made up, and it's yeah. Daddy Big Cock. Was oh, what yeah. it's <laughs> DBC joked around for a while that their name stood for uh, Don't Buy Condoms, but then they were like, no, it's Dead Brain Cells. Dead Brain Cells. But, but anyway, yeah, DBC Universe. Um, fucking my favorite song on the album is the very first one, The Genesis Explosion. And they, they're a little bit more epic. The songs are very structured, uh, very fucking atmospheric and dark. So that's cool. go check Fuck that yeah, shit dude. out. I don't oh, know yeah. if I've heard very probably cool. paid it for before, but uh, Chris, what you been listening to lately, man? Anything uh, good? I was listening to a fucking Visceral Discourage today. Hell yeah, it's fucking so fucking good, dude. Uh, and then I just found out the other day. I think it was 2017 that fucking. Uh, uh, Rex Brown from fucking the bass player Pantera. Pantera. He did a yeah. solo album. Really? That he does like the not just the bass, but he does guitar and the vocals on. Oh wow! And I checked. It's, it's like uh, smoke on this. I think is what it is called. I was checking that out. It's definitely has a little Pantera feel to it, but it's more like hard Southern rock kind huh. of thing. Interesting. It, I did. I dug it, dude. It was pretty sweet. I, I was been checking that out a huh. little bit it's fucking it was interesting i had no idea it did a solo album i was just like yeah what the fuck? i had no idea everybody always talks about fucking dime and fucking vin and phil right I was like what the fuck happened to rex dude right. he just fucking disappear off the planet but right i think it was like 2017 that I'll, other than that that like all right cool interesting what about you justin anything you listen to a lot of podcasts I right listen to a lot of podcasts i did listen to some strapping young lad the other day Little yeah. God. cool i saw them live one uh, time. i love them back in early 2000s um i think it was early eh, mid 2000s hell yeah dude that's I, cool i loved his haircut the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's funny what about you joey I was listening to DBC. I was listening to Voivod because I almost did nothing face for the Lost Classic. Yeah. Another Canada band, you know. Right, right. Um, 
uh, listening to some internal bleeding. Uh, Shit, yeah. A couple good. Uh, right now in the car, I had the cannibal corpse, the bleeding. Dude, oh, I got. Did he pick man. me up from work today? I get in and that's fucking badass. first track fucking playing on. I'm just like, this is how you get off work right oh, yeah. here, dude. Right, that's a classic. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's a good yeah, one. lots of good stuff. What about you, man? Um, my buddy Nate sent me a video, a link to a band called Beast. Now it's spelled weird because it's Danish for Beast, right? B A E S T, but it's you say Beast. Anyway, he sends me this link. I have no idea who the fuck this is, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" I mean, it's brutal, very, very musical. Reminds me of Death. With the intricacies and the guitar harmonies, the bass player's wicked. Like, everybody musically is unbelievable. Right. But the vocals are very death metal, like bolt thrower, um, old school death metal vocals, basically. But the music is unbelievable. They're from Belgium. They are fantastic. I'm just completely floored with them. Also, I've been mentioning the band Schizophrenia. Those guys also from Belgium. Uh, those guys are really good. And maybe Beast is from uh, Denmark. I'm starting to get him confused. And uh, But anyway, uh, Votov also jamming them today. I was cooking myself some supper, jamming Jamming's some metals. fucking death metal while I was cooking. So that was cool. Hell yeah, dude. Um, also, I saw something about Judas Priest has got some metalheads pissed the fuck off because they are going <laughs> to tour with only one guitar player. Really? Because Andy Sneap, who's been playing with them, is a album producer. He produces a lot of fucking killer metal, but he's got a bunch of albums he's got to get to. So, yeah. so he's got to work on that. And it's like... Judas Priest can't find somebody to, to fucking play. play? Fucking I mean, guitar? like, come on, man. George Lynch or some fucking metal fucking guitar player that won't go in there, Let's go on tour. All those harmonies. Tour. I mean, Judas Priest right. is a harmony band. I can't imagine them doing it with one guitar without having to put like backing tracks or something like that in there, right. which would definitely be lame. So I don't know. I get. I don't think I would care to see him without the two guitar players. I mean, I've never seen him, but Judas Priest with one guitar player. That They're the ones that shit. brought the double guitar into metal, the dueling solos and the harmonies. I mean, they were the first ones, so... To think that they're not going to tour with right. two guitar players is crazy. Did so. I see they're playing in Bloomington as well? I didn't I didn't look. Hmm. I'm not sure. I saw them in Bloomington the last time. I think I saw they're they played playing, at the arena. But I'm not sure. 100%. Yeah, I'm not sure either. So anyway, uh Joey, I see you got the new Gormonger album in. How's that doing? Yeah, just figuring the narrative. Uh, I had put the digital up for you know, on Bandcamp on the New Year's Eve or whatever. Yeah. But I just got the physicals in this week. Fucking brought one here for Justin Morris to yeah. grab up. But I'm they stoked on that. Yeah, they came out good. Fucking so it's available. Who Anybody do you use them. to do those? Uh, I use a printing company out of the Southwest. But okay, yeah, interesting. Okay. Reproduction company, duplication. Fucking yeah, yeah, just simple. And I do everything myself, and I do all the layouts and all that kind of work myself for every for all the albums. So awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah, they look good. Uh, the six 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 club. It's that Patreon support. Three bucks a month helps pay the bills here we appreciate everybody that does it justin's a member 
and uh, we've got a few uh, people, you know, that help support it. So we link to that in the episode description if you want to do that. Again, it's only three bucks and get you some VIP access. You get the shows a day early. You get the karaoke songs when I do them. You get uh, um, bonus content. We're actually getting ready to do a new bonus. Should we mention who we're going to do? Did we mention it yet, or have we I'm just not alluded sure. I think to? We it. may I have. I think we did already mention What's that. Well, we could tell. Well, I don't think we did. All right. Well, the 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 next Patreon, Chris. What are we going to do as a special for our Patreon supporters? Oh shit! I don't even remember oh, myself. Wait. I do remember. Yeah, the we Manson did say family. we said. Oh yeah, the Manson family. Yeah. Yeah. family. We just talked about. Yeah, that. I thought we did too. So yeah, we talk about so much stuff. They, it's all blurry. So anyway, yeah, that's. That's the next one. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you're going to get to hear that. Not Nobody just else. just Charles Manson, the family. Yeah, the whole family. That'll be a good one. Yeah, yeah, it should be a good one. All right, well, we have done plenty of metal tonight, so Joey, what the fuck do we need to do? Let's get our mayhem on. trouble finding good reliable daycare for your children you know that they're the most important thing to you well here at lopez tender loving daycare we take a hands-on approach to your children like no other when my husband and i decided on lopez tender loving daycare we wondered why there were only prepubescent girls there who wouldn't have questions about that our seasoned staff of professionals will be there to help erase that worry when your children are in our care Our 11-year-old Melissa, she wouldn't go near a man for two years after that summer at Lopez. After a year of counseling, Melissa will finally leave the house without screaming, as long as we leave her blindfolded. Let us take the kids off your hands. Call us today at 1-800-WE-KILL-KIDS or visit us online at weslaykids.com. Ask about our Pedro special if you have more than one daughter. I would probably not recommend the yearbook they sell at the end of the year. It's a bit disturbing. Our 12-year-old daughter Cassidy was the centerfold with pasties on her nipples. Yeah, it was a bit much. Lopez Tender Loving Daycare. Let us teach your daughters what Stranger Danger is all about. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so fucking awful. <laughs> we that are, is really we are bad. Terrible people. <laughs> the Lopez, of course, Pedro Lopez, the monster of the Andes, isn't that what they call them? Uh, the Lopez Tender Loving Daycare commercial, so disgusting, so disturbing. Joey and your girlfriend, Stephanie, yeah, doing yeah. that one. That was Get lovely. That was pretty good. I remember her reading that script I wrote, yeah. like, I can't even say this shit. <laughs> it was really bad. Uh, but it fits this episode, oh, I thought. It does. You know, no. this is a good one for that. Yeah. Before that, so brutal, Votov. Fuck yeah. The song Pacify the Enslaved. We're doing a full minute now on the feature band, so... Yeah. 
extra brutalness there. Those guys absolutely kill it. Can't say enough Fucking about that. Killing all the metal. Really, really good. Now, Joey, you said you had a little bit of mayhem. Uh, the mayhem I got isn't really mine, but it's so funny because we got a listener, Michael Bain, up in fucking uh, Canada. From Canada. Right. Yeah. So fucking worked with it. But Hell yeah. Uh, I was sending him a new package with some of the new Goremonger shit, you know, since I got the fucking new CD or whatnot. And he, right. He's talking to me, you know, he's just asking me what's going on. And he's telling me about, he works at this Mexican restaurant up there. And he was telling me how everything's all fucked up. Like the boss has COVID, so he's not there. And, oh, wow. You know, so like they're having trouble with workers, of course, like everywhere else. Right. But he's telling me about this one kid that works with him. And I was like, I'm going to fucking read this on the fucking podcast. Like, oh, it's wow. so funny. So he's he's talking about Michael Baines talking about this dude he works with. He was like, this dude's like 18 or 19 or something. This is what Michael, it, this is Michael's fucking text. Now. Right, so right. Okay. He's like, this dude's like 18 or 19 or something doing stupid shit. Fucking first shift on the job. He doesn't show up to like two hours before close because he got into some <laughs> altercation with some chick over a phone, got arrested. Then he had a warrant for his, <laughs> then, he had, then he had a warrant for his arrest for violating probation. Got into an accident in a cab and broke his collarbone. Oh, my God. Somehow he got his warrant lifted for the time being to deal with surgery. He finished working with us this week on Wednesday. Said he was going to go turn himself in on Thursday. On his way into turning himself in, he goes back to the chick's house where he has a no-contact order. (laughs) Gets (laughs) re-arrested. Wow. But, yeah, that was his his telling me about this dude. I was like, that's so fucking hilarious. Was he at the nation at all? Dude, that's a fucking straight-up white. He needs to go to the nation. (laughs) No, he doesn't need to go to the nation. Fuck that. So, Michael Bain, thank you for letting me steal that one. Michael, that was great. That's fucking hilarious. Like a a mayhem story told. That's that's great. That's awesome stuff. All right. Um, I've mentioned before Creation of Chaos 3, the audio book I did. It's available. You can buy the physical books at the Painted Wraith curiosity shop in downtown bloomington such a cool store um also you can get my books at the peoria public library or at their bookshop in the basement there at the peoria public library so all right and uh, deeper than dead uh, looks like we are going to announce a release date here pretty soon going to be doing some promotional videos for that so I'll keep you posted on what's happening there Shit, yeah uh, killer cage match we got some good stuff here we got uh you know 70 killers 70 objects that we came up with chris and our listeners provide random numbers so we can decide who's gonna fight and what they're fighting with and, and who do we want to thank fucking crazy night thanks to thomas ousley rebecca boomsock and fred yancey getting it in hell yeah ding Ding. Hell yeah. Now, Joey, speaking of ding, ding, who do we got fighting in the cage tonight? From Florida, the Sunshine State, Danny Rawling. Hell yeah. And he's going to fight against the Rostov Ripper from Russia, Andrei Chikatilo. Hell yeah. Nice. Very nice. Oh, we God should have had Chris do the Russian. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the Rush Mexican. The Rush Mexican. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he goes from Russian into a Cheech Marin. <laughs> like, I don't know how, how it works. We Just, don't know you know, how it you works. notice that when I think of Russian, it's like Russians, vatos locos. Like, <laughs> All right, so this should be an interesting fight. We got Danny Rawling and Andre Chikatilo fighting in a cage. 
And Chris, they got a couple of objects they're fighting with. They got themselves a breast butt plug covered in shit. <laughs> and a nail gun just loaded down with nails. Dude. Hell yeah, plenty. plenty Lots of, of fucking nails. And the variable, though, is a 10-foot boa Ten constrictor. Boa. So we got Danny Rawling, Andre yeah. Chikatilo with the brass butt plug and a nail gun with plenty of nails and a boa constrictor in there with them. Chris, what the fuck's going to happen here? I right, man. Like, in a fucking straight-up fight, Rowling's got this. He's taking fucking Chikatilo. In a straight-up yeah. fight, Rowling's fucking taking Right. But plug. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be hard to pick up though, Joey, if it's got shit all over it? It's like slick. slippery and shit. Yeah, dude, somewhat. Uh, I, don't, um, I don't know. The only reason it's fucking goddamn <laughs> fucking covered in chucking shit is because fucking Chikatilo already has it out of his ass. It's his oh, shit. Oh, okay. And he gotcha. feels like he's gonna go at Rollings with it. And fucking shove it in his ass. Rolling ain't having no problem. None of that. He fucking goddamn. He reaches for the nail gun. Fucking staples fucking goddamn Chikatilo down. And shoves it back in Chikatilo's oh, ass. Oh, shit. And then he fucking just proceeds to beat the fucking ever-living shit out of him with his fucking hands. And then he walks around the fucking goddamn ring with the boa like he's fucking Jake the Snake Roberts. Right, right. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm going rolling. Okay, Justin, any... Uh, any... You, you can't do that to me with Joey coming up. Y'all, y'all, gotta, gotta hear what I'm chill of... sometimes. <laughs> well, that's why I'm asking you first. No, I'm gonna stay out of Are it. Are you gonna stay out of I'm it? All right, Joey, what about you, I man? I wanna hear this. I, I agree with Chris that in a straight-up fight, Danny Rawlings is gonna fucking... He's gonna win, so Danny Rawlings going into to that thinking that and he's like watch this i'm gonna fuck this old man up and he's gonna fucking grab that butt plug now the easiest way to grab the butt plug that's covered in feces is with your teeth like you're oh. gonna, <laughs> it's kind of slick but the problem is you gotta go you gotta get it up. the problem is that he's so fucking cocky and chickatillo he's a little slick and he's like ah comrade you don't even know the fucking training i've got so fucking when fuck you in a headlock and shit the so, wrestling so when Rawling fucking goes to grab that fucking butt plug with his teeth fucking chickatillo fucking has some fucking amazing kind of strength runs over and grabs the fucking nail gun and just starts fucking pegging him He's good with that fucking gun. He fucking hits his target for sure. Now that fucking Rawlings down and fucking confused, he fucking grabs that butt plug out of his goddamn mouth, shoves it down his fucking throat, fucking bends him over, gets that boa constrictor, and feeds it up his ass. Oh, wow. My God. Okay. So, Chickatillo, because of the underestimate date. Chickatillo, all right. I mean, I know Chickatillo definitely blood turned him on, Chris. So, you know, if there's some blood involved with that nail gun, he could get fired up and maybe overtake uh, old Danny Rawling. I don't know. That's... It's a good, uh, it's a good matchup. I, I you think. know what I should have added to my story because you always think of it better afterwards. Of course. <laughs> so I'm gonna go back to where he shoved the butt plug down fucking Rawlings' throat. Then Chickatillo is gonna use his fucking mesmerizing magic that the little kid said he had, where he could fucking talk him into anything. Right. He's gonna use that to snake charm the boa constrictor oh, into wow. Rawlings' ass. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so that, like that's that. a little better. I like that. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, and use a nail gun to. Shoot shoot his eyes out so the image isn't there right (laughs) (laughs) nice nice all right well always a fun time doing some killer cage match and i think we've done plenty of mayhem tonight so boys i think it's time to hit the outro outro 
Joey, you picked that one. Who was that, man? Uh, anal bleeding from fucking Quebec. Uh, the song was Sperm Overdose. God damn it. <laughs> and the name of the album? Two cocks in the same hole. Yeah, sorry. Wow. <laughs> Definitely a Disney classic. Oh, yeah. There. No, that fucking album's heavy as fuck. One of my favorites from Canada, so I figured I'd use it. Oh, that yeah. One. Well, we wanted to go all Canada yep. this time, so that was great. Big thanks to our buddy Shane Borchuk yeah. for coming on with us yeah, tonight. Shane, Justin, hanging out yeah. here with us, Thank too. You as well, Justin. Appreciate no that. Great. And uh, John Duke from Votov for doing the interview. And again, Votov. you'll be able to hear that as a bonus episode, the full interview, and go to our YouTube channel and watch the interview that I did with John. So There's all kinds of shit on the YouTube. Yeah, Check it's it growing quickly because we're adding interviews almost every couple weeks to it. Uh, bumper music tonight, Votov, Corrosive and Anal Bleeding, all Canadian metal. Huge thanks to our Canadian listeners. Yes, sir. You guys Winnipeg are a big part. has been thank in the you. top 10 cities listening for quite a while. So thank you guys uh, up there in Canada. I think you guys are the number three country listening to the show. Hell yeah. So got to bump thanks. them numbers up. Yeah. Get to number two. Uh, the UK is number two right now, followed closely by Canada, then Australia. Uh, metal segment, intro music, Chris, by who? Motherfucking Chrysix. Hell yeah, yeah. Joey, the great our Murder Metal, metal Mayhem. Our Murder <laughs> Metal Mayhem intro. Low 12. Hell yeah. And thanks to everybody out there listening to the show. We keep seeing the numbers coming in. It's definitely humbling to see the comments. Chris, what about that very first one there? Patty Brown Reno says, you guys killed it with the Toolbox Killers. I love that episode. I've been listening for a couple months now from Denver. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you for listening. Glad you appreciate that episode. Awesome. Yeah, keep smoking mother- it up there yeah, in Denver. Yeah, keep smoking. Smoking. <laughs> Joey, in. what about uh, number two there? Friends. Not Danny McBride, but Donald McBride, right, 56, commented, my wife and I crack up listening to you every week. Thanks for the laughs and the great information. I've learned more listening to you than any other true crime podcast. Thank you much. Oh, yeah. That's Thanks, fine. Donald. Justin, what about number three there? Uh, Beverly Jones, 4534, commented, I love hearing Joey Joey's piece on Macabre. I'm a listener in Chicago, and those guys are my favorite metal band. Murder metal. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, Beverly. Yeah, Chicago's been number one uh, city listening to Murder Metal Mayhem almost since the very beginning. And two of the bands I did, not only were they from Illinois, they were from Chicago because Broken Hope is from That's right. That's right. That's right. And the last one, Della Belladonna comments, I listen to you guys from NYC, and I love the combination of serial killers and metal. I also love... When you do the prison stories with text, boy, a lot of the commenters, Chris, the love prison text. Prison stories with text, dude. So keep on kicking Hearing about ass. life in prisons like that, though, dude, is like, holy fuck. Like, yeah, like, and, and text brought up an interesting Texas case uh, to us, that Dr. Death, if yeah. anybody's watched that. Yeah. That's probably going to be the next episode we have Tex on with us. We're going to do some Dr. Death absolutely fucked up what that guy did to people turned his friend into a paraplegic because he didn't know what he was doing i mean absolutely unbelievable how that went on for as long as it went on for so we'll talk to tex about that wasn't he a wrestler in like wcw 
Was Dr. Death? No. Oh, Dr. Uh, Death. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy was some surgeon gone fucking nuts and like left hardware in yeah. people and oh, closed shit. them up. They show like on the docu series. Of course, they're acting, but the guy's got like a hammer and a mallet, and he's knocking their vertebrae out. And you could see the body like jump up off the table, and the nurses are just like horrified because he doesn't know what he's doing. Oh my god! And he's doing this freaking. He's a neurosurgeon doing neuro spinal work with people, and he's leaving them paralyzed. It's fucked up. So. That's a cool docu-series if you haven't seen it. I can't remember which uh, one I watched that on, but it was uh, was horrifying. It might be Netflix. But I, want, I wanted to add this out. fucking uh, listener comment, too. I told you guys earlier, but oh, yeah. my buddy Colton down in Effingham, Illinois, which is not far from us. Yeah. A little more south. A couple hours. But uh, I had sent him a package recently, fucking... Um, some uh you know cds and shit shit. and of course i have to send him some rml mayhem shit like the business card and stickers and he he was like hey bro he goes i gotta be honest i never checked the podcast out before today but i'm halfway through the toolbox killers episode god damn i wasn't familiar with them definitely sick shit i'll be listening to more mmm for sure so that's cool. So, yeah. Colton, if you're listening, you fucking yeah. start making it through. Awesome, Thank you man. for that. Listen to that shit. Thanks, and Colton. I told him, I was like, hey, we did an episode on the Mad Gas or Mattoon, you know, oh, which nice. is right that's there. Right. So yeah. go find that motherfucker. Hell yeah, man. That's that's awesome. Uh, check out MurderMetalMayhem.com to listen to the past episodes. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. And like I've been saying, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's going to be growing quickly. Uh, get you know, check us out on any platform, leave comments, give us a rating. It helps out people to hear about what we're doing and spread the word. So uh, also we mentioned the 666 Club for Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash murder metal mayhem, just three bucks a month. And I'll link to that in the episode description. And I mentioned uh, my books. You can go to creationofchaos.com if you want to pick one of those up. And I've also got Creation of Chaos 3 now as an audio book. I'm getting ready to do an audio book for Deeper Than Dead. So that'll have an audio book as well. And we can't let him go, though, without hearing a karaoke song. I busted out another Canadian. So all Canada (laughs) tonight, I found, I told Shane, I said, dude, you got some killer metal up there in in Canada, but you got to own... Nickelback, <laughs> Celine Dion, <laughs> and this motherfucker, Corey Hart. I busted this one out, so crank it up. And until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. And keep your fist wrapped around an ice cold beer. Visions in my eyes. <laughs>
Walls is deceiving me It cuts my security And she got control of me I turn to her and say Don't switch your blade on the guy in chains Oh no Don't masquerade with the guy in chains Oh no can't believe it, cause you got it made with the guy in chains, oh no! I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can forget my name while you collect your blame. Security, she's got control of me. I turn to her and say, Don't switch your blade on the guy in chains, oh no. Don't masquerade with the guy in chains, fuck no. I can't believe it, cause you got a man with the guy in chains, oh no. Take it away, Shane!
man.